creating a real physical Trump card. Purchase 47 digital cards and we'll mail you a beautiful trading card. It is an authentic piece of the suit I wore when I took that now famous mugshot. And it was a great suit, believe me, a really good suit. It's all cut up and you're going to get a piece of it. I'll be autographing some of them. A true collector's item. This is something to give to your family, to your kids and your grandchildren. With the purchase of 47 of the Trump digital trading. What's going on, everybody? Appreciate you for being here. So I have a few things I want to show you in my show and a method to my madness. But the first one we're going to talk about is Trump is doing his round three of his trading cards and he's actually cutting out cloth from the mugshot uh, suit. And he's going to sell that to people if you buy 47 digital cards at $99, which means you'd have to spend over $4,500 for that. And then I wanted to show you another thing. And I just wanted to wrap it all together because, you know, I'm a fan of mixed martial arts. And I saw this fighter, Colby Covington, say that, uh, you know, he never drinks alcohol. He had a big problem and it almost ruined his life. And now he's pretty much been off the alcohol for a long time. And then the next day I see him in an ad saying he drinks alcohol because he signed a deal with an alcohol company, Dana White selling a bunch of Bud Light and stuff. And, you know, I have my questions about the sales tactics of everybody on quote unquote our side. We'll get into it today, folks. But first, Dream Rare Podcast. Thanks for being here. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. Yeah. What's up, folks? They say that any press is good press. So by me playing this right now, I would say that I'm helping Trump, but he doesn't need my help. I'm sure he gets enough press on his own. I just want to watch the whole thing because I was laughing hysterically. I saw this on Twitter. And at first I have to check and make sure it's not AI because there's like parody memes and jokes nowadays. And I was like, nah, he did he really do this? He's doing his third round of mugshot trading cards. And if you buy 47 digital cards at $99, you'll get one with a piece of his cloth from the mugshot um, suit that he wore. And I have a lot to say about this. I want to play the clip first, but a lot of people got mad when I was like, you know, a lot of this uh, situation seems like a circus. Trump gets record amount of fundraising. Democrats get fundraising. They get to point at him. People get to defend. And it's like a controlled arena for two years. The left and the right are going to screech and scream over Trump getting arrested. And in the end, you know, I don't think it's going to pan out. But in general, I think this kind of plays into my theory, at least for me. Let me know what you guys think. Here's the full ad of Trump really milking the mugshot even further than I thought was possible. Hi, everyone. This is your favorite president, Donald J. Trump, with some very exciting news. My last two Trump digital trading card collections sold out in just hours. And now I'm back with my latest series called the Mugshot Edition. I wonder where that came from, the Mugshot Edition. 47 all-new stunning cards, and here is the best part. I'm doing two important things for my Trump collectors. For the first time, we're creating a real physical Trump card. Purchase 47 digital cards and we'll mail you a beautiful trading card. It is an authentic piece of the suit I wore when I took that now famous mugshot. And it was a great suit, believe me, a really good suit. It's all cut up and you're gonna get a piece of it. I'll be autographing some of them. A true collector's item. This is something to give to your family, to your kids and grandchildren. With the purchase of 47 of the Trump digital trading cards, 
You will also be invited to join me for a gala dinner at my beautiful Mar-a-Lago, my home in Florida. You've perhaps heard of it. It's become a pretty famous place. We just had our first dinner for my collectors, and we had a lot of fun together. That was a great evening. That was a fantastic evening. Some people call these cards pop art or modern art. I wish I looked as good as I do on those cards. That I can tell you. They give me muscles where, believe me, I don't have them. I wanted to keep my Trump Digital trading cards at the same price, $99 each. So go to collecttrumpcards.com. It's really easy to buy. They sold out incredibly fast the last time, and I think the Mugshot Edition will sell out even faster. So don't miss out. Go to collecttrumpcards.com. Go right now and collect your own exclusive piece of American history, and we'll all have fun together. Have a good life. Uh, I was laughing hysterically. I was like, "Is this can't be real, but it is real. Um, I want to play this clip before I go on my little spiel because I know people are going to cry when I say it. But there's two people that I really like. I mean, there's a lot of people I like. But in mixed martial arts, I like Kobe Covington, right? He calls himself Trump's favorite um, fighter. And Dana White, I think he's the best sports CEO in modern American history. I think very highly of him. But this is one thing, and I want to kind of bring it all home because I was just listening to a Colby interview, and in the interview he was saying, you know, I, I got in a, uh, ac- I don't know if it was an accident or a DUI, he got kicked out of school for wrestling, and he said he pretty much gave up alcohol at that point, and he said what made him successful was not drinking alcohol. And then I see him in a Happy Dad ad because he's friends with those guys, and he says, oh, I drink Happy Dad and party all the time. And then in the interview, he says he doesn't party. You know, Dana White takes care of himself. And then he tells a bunch of patriots to drink gallons of Bud Light. And it's kind of disgusting me because all my heroes are just proving to be sellouts where, you know, Trump selling trading cards is not as nefarious, I don't think. But, you know, like how much money does one need? Like, do they look at their base, like the MAGA base, like a bunch of cattle or something? Like, it's just like drink gallons of Bud Light, do things that I wouldn't do, buy my stuff, like... And, and I, I'm, I really feel bad. I don't know. I like conservatives, obviously, but it's like I say this sort of stuff. People get upset at me because they just want to worship these people. But I mean, I'm just going to play this clip. Let me know what you think. This this really brings it home for me. I wouldn't be here today with without that situation happening. I, I know it. And that's right. Actually, I think I've like you and I've talked before. You don't drink at all, right? Don't drink at all. What's up, nerds and virgins? It's Colby Chaos Covington, the undisputed king of Miami, the people's champ, America's champ, and most importantly, Donald Trump's favorite fighter. I'm a big fan of Colby. He's a winner. He's a champ. You know, one of my biggest hobbies is I like to go out and play poker. I just love the, the mental aspect to it, trying to outsmart your opponents. Also, I love going out with some of my South Beach mamacitas and drinking some Happy Dad. That's, that's life to me, and that's balance. I'm not just a fighter, you know, I'm a, I'm a bedroom cardio freak, I'm a happy dad lover, and I just like to compete. Don't drink at all. Maybe a glass of red wine, just because it's good for the heart, you know, and, 
You know, my, my coaches have always vouched for it, saying, hey, it's good for you, you know, to have a glass of wine here and there, but nothing more than that. I don't, I don't drink. You know, I, I gave up the party lifestyle in college because I wanted to commit myself and I wanted to be a 365, 24-7 fighter. I didn't want to be a part-time fighter. I wanted to be a full-time fighter and commit my life to being the best I could be in this career. Consider yourself a patriot, right? You're a patriot. You should be drinking gallons of Bud Light. Believe me when I tell you. Wait, wait, wait. I should be boycott, I should be boycotting Bud Light. Gallons of Bud Light. You should have Bud Light drums stacked up in your garage and drinking it right out of the keg. They are way more aligned with you than most of these other beer companies. Hi, everyone. This is your favorite president, Donald J. Trump, with some very exciting news. My last two Trump digital trading card collections sold out in just hours. So I want to kind of backtrack to the Trump cards because I really like Colby Covington. I'll still like him. I'll still root for him this, uh, you know, this Saturday when he fights. I like Colby. Um, but it's just kind of sad to me because it's like I'm listening to a really deep interview of him. And I put that compilation together, by the way. I'm doing that type of journalism. And it wasn't hard to do. I just I listen to a lot of MMA podcasts and I'm listening to Colby on ESPN tell everybody you know, alcohol almost ruined my life. It kicked me out of college. I quit drinking. I don't drink. I have an occasional red wine, but I really don't drink. I've quit drinking. And then I see right next to it, it's a happy dad ad where he's telling a bunch of kids that he loves to party and drink happy dads. But in the ESPN, you know, thing, he says he doesn't drink anything like that. So it's like, how much money and power do you need? Like, are you willing to scam your own base? You know, what, what does it mean to these people? What does MAGA mean to you? Make America great again. Does make America great again tell mean telling like you know middle america and trump supporters and anybody wherever you live i don't care if you're like rich poor left right in the middle of the country on the sides of the country like is maga just telling them to drink gallons of bud light because you just signed a bud light deal i had dana's back and i mean i still like him i'm just saying it's like when he took the deal with bud light i tried to justify it like no i get it they make american jobs and they're getting blamed for everything everyone else is doing even though they did it too but then it's like, can you can you sell your product with the big deal that you made without saying drink gallons of Bud Light? Like, that's terrible advice. I don't care if you got a Bud Light partnership telling people that they should be drinking gallons. Like, it's like, what do you want? People fat, having man boobs, you know, estrogen flying through their stomach. Like, dude, can't you just take the deal and casually tell people to Bud Light? No, they got to drink gallons now. You're not a patriot if you're not drinking gallons. It's the same thing with Kobe. It's like, dude, you just said a day ago that it was not drinking that propelled you to be great at what you do. And now you're selling things that you don't even yourself do. But that's what MAGA, and I'm not trying to blame people, but like they don't, it doesn't seem like anybody cares. With the Trump and the trading cards thing, I mean, I don't necessarily care because that's not that nefarious. But one thing I will say is when all this stuff happened, everybody was like programmed by the media to be like, okay, well, now that Trump got arrested, he's the victim. And now we shouldn't question anything he's ever done because we just need to rally behind him or else the Democrats are going to get him. And I was one of the only ones that is like, to me, I, it looks like reality TV. Like, it's like, okay, we're going to do this. The cat and the laser pointer is going to go there. Conservatives are going to defend him. Democrats are going to attack him. CNN's going to make more money. Trump's going to make more money. And people are like, oh, no, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You're such a hater. You have Trump derangement syndrome. And it's like, Dude, he's he's literally doing what I would make a parody video of. He's chopping off cloth from the suit that he wore on the mugshot day and telling you that you can get a piece of the cloth from the jacket that he wore at the mugshot if you buy 47 
$99 digital trading cards. If you do 47 times 99, it comes out to over $4,500. I did the math. So spend 400, but yeah, I'm, I'm wrong for saying that that situation is going to be milked to make a cash cow for Trump and everybody else, but they're literally milking it beyond, like, I can't even, I'm pretty creative. And I, I didn't even think of like, yo, you should chop off parts of your suit and give them to people who buy $4,500 worth of trading cards. It's like, you could do it. It is business. I'm not saying that like, I'm even offended by it. I think it's hilarious, but what isn't as funny to me, and I'm going to bring it back to this. Some people will like it. Some people won't is when Trump sells out the same way Colby Covington and Dana White does. And Trump takes money from Pfizer and pharmaceutical industry and, and the corporations. And then he goes from being a skeptic of pharmaceuticals to I'm going to hire the pharmaceutical industry to run my administration. And the reason that Trump's cabinet was filled with swamp members was just like everybody else. He sold you out. He stands on stage and says, MAGA, 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 I'll never take their money. Then he took their money. Then he sells out his cabinet. But nobody cares because they like this idea that he's not doing that. And I'm just noticing a pattern with all of these people. And I've said it for years. Um, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I should just sell you guys a bunch of products that I don't do. I'm not going to go into specifics because, you know, hopefully one day we can figure something out. Or in general, I'm not trying to badmouth people that are trying to work with me because then no one's going to want to work with me. But in general, I had a deal that I could have done for December that would have paid me thousands of dollars, right? For just like one little ad. This is great money for me. I turned it down because I looked at the ingredients to certain products and I said, you know what? I wouldn't take these. I wouldn't, you know, whatever they were, I'm not going to be specific because uh, I don't want to badmouth people. They're good people and they mean well. And honestly, some people like that stuff, but that's just my ethics. When I sell you something, if I sell you a hat, I wear the hat. If I sell you the sweatshirt, I made the sweatshirt. I wear the sweatshirt all the time. If I sell you some sort of food, I like it. If I sell you a supplement, I'd take it. I'm not going to sell you anything that I wouldn't do. And when it comes to certain things that I do do that I consider bad habits, I also wouldn't sell you that because I just don't want to get people addicted to things like alcohol and gambling. You know, it's like I wouldn't want to do that to people. So I don't think I would ever sell stuff like that. But maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to say, oh, you know, quitting alcohol saved my life and then sell kids alcohol. You're supposed to say, I'm fit because I don't drink gallons of beer. Who would do that? But you patriots, you drink gallons of Bud Light because they paid me or Trump like here, buy this or, you know, I won't take their money. And then he takes their money. But then he's not a sellout because you like him. It's like, to me, that's what MAGA is. It's like the elites in the MAGA world, all the Trump coattail riders and all the people who get to profit off of Trump. They just sit around and just sell you guys stuff. They look at you like animals and they're like just throwing cattle feed to you guys and everybody's just eating it up and they don't have care about anything, what they're doing. It's like, I'm all for people making money and you making these people famous. But if they don't even believe in the first amendment, then what's the point of them being there? Their whole spiel is like, we believe in principles and we're conservative, but they don't mean half the stuff that they say. And when I figured this out in 2019, I was like, Trump and DeSantis pass hate speech laws under the guise of anti-Semitism that essentially makes it illegal to criticize a foreign country. And they took a bunch of donor money to do it. Like I put the pieces together and did I get a thank you? No, I got kicked out of the club. It's like, oh, Anomaly cares about the First Amendment more than he cares about making money. Kick him out because that's not the cattle feed that they're trying to sell to you. So anybody like myself that actually has principles, they throw us to the side, call us anti-Semitic or hateful or too far right or something, because we figured out that they're taking donor money to literally sell you out. And it's like, if you can't stand up for the First Amendment, 
get out of the way. You're not a conservative. If you can't even stand up for the Second Amendment, Trump infringed on the Second Amendment. It's like, why glorify a guy with a golden statue if he can't even uphold the first two amendments? But they keep doing it because people want it. So to me, it's like, uh, you know, I'm still going to root for Colby. I'm an American citizen. I love America. And I'm not rooting for a British guy against Colby Covington. I hope he wins this Saturday. But it kind of hurts my soul to watch him sit there and tell this really deep story for five minutes about how he was a great wrestler in college and he got thrown out of college for drinking and he quit drinking from that day on and that's how he became great and that he doesn't drink and then the next day he's pretending like he drinks just to make money you know and it's like that's the definition of a sellout is selling something that you don't do and purposely screwing people over in order just to make a buck and it's like that's the new MAGA movement is like it's not about how ethical you are. It's not about your principles. It's not about conservatism or anything. It's about how much, how much do you worship Trump? You know, how much do you suck up to him? It doesn't matter. Like gallons of Bud Light. You know, I, I like Dana White. I still do. I'm not going to hold one thing against him, but stop telling people to drink gallons of beer. That's a disgusting lie. And it's like, you just want conservative men to be fat, and like a cash cow for you. And that's why I say this sort of stuff. It's like, I think these people look at you like cattle. Like they literally think you're animals and they're just throwing fodder at you. Like if I look at a group of men and I'm speaking on a stage in front of 10,000 conservative men, I'm trying to hype them up. It's like, these are my people, you know, like we got to make America great again. Not like here, eat, you know, eat this stuff. I wouldn't do it, but you, you guys do it. Moo. Like, it's like, here, drink gallons of Bud Light, drink gallon. You should be getting kegs and drinking gallons. Do you drink gallons of Bud Light? Me? Oh, hell no. Of course not. You think I'd be in this shape if I drank gallons? You know, here, good kids, go drink the Happy Dad beer. I like those guys too. I mean, they're nice guys and I think you should be allowed to sell alcohol. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but if your spokesperson is a guy who said that he doesn't drink and now he's telling people he drinks just to make a buck, it's like, this is, this is like modern day MAGA, you know, mainstream stuff. And it's just weird to me on the Trump trading card thing. That's not as nefarious as him selling out his cabinet, but it just shows you that it's really just theatrics. It's like, damn, I got arrested. That sucks. But here's a picture of my mugshot. Here's the cloth, you know, 4,000. It's like, it's just like, moo, you know, buy my stuff. Give me, you know, give me the money. It's totally real, but that's why I'm making like a mockery of it with a parody level, like Trump trading card season three edition mugshot cards, you know? like nft version it's like and i'm the bad guy for saying that it's all a joke it's not a joke it's super serious the democrats are really coming for him i guess sure i mean if you listen to like kid rock and you know like i'm and i like kid rock too i'm not trying to burn every bridge i've ever made but it's it's just like you know their understanding of it is like i hang out with trump he talks about himself in america a lot and i think he wants to save it because like we hang out and go to events together and it's like Maybe. I don't know. Sure. Hopefully. I hope so. Because Biden's not going to do anything. So you would hope that Trump would. Um, let me know what you guys think. I just thought it was pretty funny at first. I was laughing at like the fact that he's selling pieces of his cloth. I don't personally think that. I mean, I do think it's like parody level. It's watering down the whole situation and just making it look like the WWE show that it is. So I don't care. But it's like he also sold out his cabinet and took donor money and took corporation money and then sold you out that way. But nobody cares. You know, it's like because this movement isn't any more about like how principled are you? It's like how loyal to are you to Trump? 
with the whole DeSantis thing too, this is where I get misconstrued as well. So I want to bring it back. I don't want people to worship DeSantis. I don't think you should trust DeSantis. I think you should give him credit for the things he did good and call him out on the shady stuff that he does. But when DeSantis ran against Trump, DeSantis was saying all these true things that Trump wasn't saying at first. And Trump, his whole thing was like, you're not loyal to me. But it's like he's telling the truth about the COVID stuff that you're not telling the truth about. Shouldn't DeSantis's and your loyalty be to the truth and to America? Like, what does it mean that when Trump is wrong about something that you're bad for calling him out? Like at first, DeSantis was just calling him out and he was right. I don't even trust DeSantis, but it's like, he's right. Trump's wrong about that topic. That's just what it is. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand Anomaly. Trump is the guy and DeSantis is disloyal and he should have waited five years. It's like, why should he have waited? Because it's Trump's time. Why is it his time? Because he got arrested. Okay. Like that's your logic is like, it's his time because they did something to him. But even though he's wrong on like these 10 things and nobody's correcting him, our job is not to tell the truth. Our job is to cover up things that he like, it's, it's like, that's what the movement is. And it's, you know, it's never what I was doing. And I guess like at a certain point, there's like a fork in the road and people go that way. And then other people go that way. But you know, it's been weirding me out for a few years. I'm going to read a few, I'm going to read a few comments and then we're going to move on. I'm not trying to be overly critical of people, but I do think that the the Republican Party has figured out a way to be sellouts, but just brand it like they're not sellouts. Like, oh, the left sucks. Like Bud Light's gay until we get Bud Light on our side and they pay us. Now Bud Light's not gay anymore because they paid us. But, you know, if they don't pay us, then totally boycott them. But once they pay us, gallons, drink gallons of it. You know, it's like, it just feels like the people at the top of the Republican Party now are like, okay, we're hashtag not sellouts. We're hashtag not the left. Like now let's just be, do do the same stuff they're doing, but just wrap it in American flags and, you know, patriotism. And it's like, it's, it's getting so cringe. And I think that this is just my uh, interpretation of it. It's because they know the type of power they have over people. And Trump knows that he lives by different standards. Like if DeSantis did half of what he did, everyone would say it's selling out. But when Trump does it, like, it's just like, oh, that's fine. So I think they just keep escalating into worse and worse and worse because nobody's there to like call them out. They're surrounded by a bunch of yes men. So my goal, if anyone cares, when I say this stuff is hoping that they're listening and, and not continuing what they're doing. But, uh, you know, it's like if you call it out and everyone calls it out, they're like, oh, OK, yeah, like we should probably dial it back a little bit or like, oh, yeah, we have gotten a little fake. It's like if you give someone money, like if, if you won the hit the lottery and you got like one hundred million dollars and now you're taking private jets anywhere, everywhere. And it's like you might lose yourself. You know, it might take a friend that's like, yo, you're not, you know, you're not the same person you were. I mean, obviously, but you're 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 losing your soul. You're losing your spirit. And it's like, no one's here to tell Trump that. So it's just escalating off of it. Tired said, oh my God, another three hour session brought by Anomaly. He's so different. Wow. Do you have any, uh, like, I'm not crying and it's not three hours, but uh, do you have any, like, um, any feedback that is of like value? Like, do you have any complaint about anything I've actually said or just frame it that way? Um. The world and a something said, Anomaly, I understand everything you say about Trump, but who else do we have that has a chance? I won't vote for a Democrat. And I think a lot of Republicans suck more than we do. All right, I'm going to say this again. I mean, I'm sorry to the people that find this boring. 
if you have two parties and they're both selling out and they're both not doing something and you keep running back and forth being like, what else do we have? You're virtue signaling to these elites like these people still don't get it. Just keep rotating them and nobody will realize. You can vote for Trump. You could like him. I'm not asking you to vote for Biden, but if you don't stand firm for something, they're just going to keep scamming you. So I'm not I'm not trying to put you in a corner like, what do I do now? It's like, go, go vote for him if you want to vote for him. But the, the job doesn't end there. If people think they're just going to vote for Trump and go to like Mar-a-Lago balls and just like, you know, that's all they want to do, then you're going to get scammed over and over. Like the whole the whole jig is up when people realize it's a jig. So in my view, the not solution is when you say, what else do I do? It's like that you're like screaming to the elites, like I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. I need you. You're my only hope. I only know what, how to vote. That's all. I. It's like they're listening to that. Like these people still don't get it. So I think the solution is people figuring this stuff out. Like if 50% of the population said, you got to stop with the GMO meat and all this weirdo stuff. We're not eating it anymore. All the meat industry can be like, okay, well, they figured out that we're scamming them. So now we have to stop scamming them and figure out a way to do this more ethically. But if they could create a plot around Trump's arrest and, you know, Biden versus Trump and Trump versus DeSantis and DeSantis's boots and you know what I'm saying? Then and, and imagine like Tyson, you know, meat and another meat company they just make everybody fight over other stuff that nobody realizes that they're doing it back and forth, then they could keep doing it. So, you know, the, the framing of like, who else do I have just makes you sound so hopeless and helpless. And that's why they keep getting away with this stuff. Like, you know, if, but Trump is so masterful. I mean, on a psychological level, you have to appreciate his genius, but it's like, you know, he always makes the narrative around something else. It's like, well, yeah, I might've sold out my cabinet, but look at DeSantis's boots. He's small. He's a loser. And then everyone's like, yeah, he's a loser. And then he's like, and Chris Christie's fat. And people are like, yeah, Chris Christie's fat. So he knows how to divert attention away. And like a debate would have been where a lot of this stuff would have come out. Cause for last couple of years, people were like, there's no, you know, there's nowhere that you shouldn't say this. You know, it's not time to say it. It's like, where is the time to say it? Maybe on the debate stage. Well, he didn't show up to the debate. So there, there's no, there is no accountability because it's just like a, a com comedy routine, you know? Um, but it's, it's like if, if the Democrats and Republicans were telling you that you need to shut your business down because of COVID, I'm just giving an example. And you said anomaly, who do I vote for the left or the right? Well, you know, it's like, don't close your business. And if everybody on the conservative side didn't close their business, then it ends right there. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the action that you take as a man or a business owner to rebel against the two-party system. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go run and vote and vote and vote and vote. And it's like, that's not, you're not getting it. You know, you're not getting like the main principle, which is probably why it keeps continuing. I hope Trump beats Biden and I hope he hires good people. It's just, I don't think he has to do anything. So I think when a politician knows that his base doesn't care about literally anything, I saw Lara Trump and I mean, I don't know how much power she has, but she came out recently and said, we haven't ruled out uh, Nikki Haley as the vice president. That's super out of touch. It's probably not going to happen and it probably doesn't matter. But like it does. What would you do? You know what I'm saying? If it were Biden and Trump and Nikki Haley with Trump, you'd still vote for Trump. And probably I would, too, because it's like you only have two options that like they know you're stuck. So they just keep 
putting you in like situations like, well, what are you going to vote for silly boots DeSantis? Or are you going to vote for Biden? So, you know, like it's like, oh, he's still got Lindsey Graham on the stage. It's like, well, what else are you going to do? You know, like Trump knows you're going to still go to the rally and he'll just, you know, make you stop booing and like make a joke and then you'll laugh. So it's like, what you know, like what else are you going to do until people like take a stand? But people do take stands on certain topics. It's just not topics I think that matter. Like I think the topics that people take a stand on are usually topics that Trump tells people to take a stand on. So he's like, here's the three things you guys care about. And it never includes what Thomas Massey's talking about. Um, maybe I should do a whole different stream on this because it's like a total diversion, but I'm just interested in talking about it. With the whole uh, university thing, if you guys have been following that, I feel like 95% of conservatives are analyzing it wrong, either purposely because they don't want to get in trouble or they just don't know anything. Um, but I just want to tell you what I think is happening, what I know is happening, and what I'm about to say might get me in trouble, but it's the truth of what's happening on universities, not what most conservatives are telling you. So you have these like liberal black professors that are, you know, protesting Israel. And then you have these Zionists, left wing and right wing, that are mad that they're protesting and boycotting and calling out Israel and fighting over who's genociding who. And, you know, everybody's trying to frame it as like this and this. But the truth is like, you know, it's a victim card battle where the Bolshevik, I would say, like the left wing Bolshevik who they're hiding behind racial groups and they probably don't even know they're doing it. The Bolsheviks have found out the one line they're not allowed to cross. The big donors don't care if the Bolsheviks do this. The, the big donors don't care if the Bolsheviks do anti-Christian stuff. The, the big donors don't care if the Bolsheviks turn your kid's gender in half. You know, the, the, they don't care until they cross the line of Zionism. Once you cross the line of Zionism, the right-wingers get mad at you. CNN gets mad at you. They start doing monologues like their uh, Bill Maher and stuff. And then, you know, the donors that were funding them for 15 years pull the money and everyone turns against the professors. And the truth is, you know, what like the Bolsheviks versus the Zionists, it's like, well, the Bolsheviks are total hypocrites, right? They constantly censor speech. Now they claim they're pro-free speech. They constantly bamboozle America. Now they're acting to be so holy. A year ago, they said that, you know, words aren't violence or, or words are violence when a right winger says it. But now that they're saying it against Israel, words aren't violence. And it's like, you don't want to defend the Bolshevik because who cares about them? They're totally dishonest. They've destroyed the schools. And whoever that professor is or that, you know, uh, leader of the, she's a total loser. So it's like, who cares about her? But at the same time, they've just reversed sides. And now the Zionists are playing the side of censorship. The Zionists are playing the side of anti-protest. The Zionists are intolerant to certain people's foreign opinions. And it's like, you know, you think you have a horse in this race, but you really don't. You know, it's like there's two competing factions and you think it's like left versus right, or you think it's like woke versus not. And that's not really what it is because the woke will pretend like they have principles the second one topic shows up and the Zionists will pretend like they're woke the second the other topic shows up. So it's creating this like university proxy war where I haven't heard anybody break it down like that, but like, that's what's going on. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like, I don't care about the colleges cause they suck, but the one time they cross a certain line and they try to have principles, they get, and they can't even figure out why it's going on. But it's like, you're only allowed to do that. If you don't cross this line, you're allowed to be left-wing. You're allowed to be an activist. You're allowed to blaspheme society. You're allowed to scramble the brains of kids. You're allowed to do anything. It's like with Kyrie Irving. It's like, you're allowed to do any sort of activism. 
what's the one line you can't cross? Whether you're Elon Musk, Kyrie Irving, a black liberal professor, it, it, it's Zionism, okay? And that's why Trump and DeSantis passed speech laws in America that make it illegal to say that they have any power. It's like the, the plot is so obvious, but everybody's running around tripping over their feet, trying to figure out what's going on. Charlie Kirk's getting called a Holocaust denier, even though he sends people to Israel for it. Like it, it's all, it's all like, it's all collapsing. And it's like both sides of these uh, situations are just like fighting and they're both flipping sides and they're both being hypocrites and they both have double standards. And it's like, uh, it reminds me of like the Republican and the Democrat party as a whole. It's like, well, you know, Biden sucks. Yeah. So does that mean that the Republican party is awesome because Biden sucks? Like that's like a kindergarten understanding of what's going on. Ideally, it would be like, yeah, one party sucks or one party's good or they're both kind of good, but that's not what we live in. So it's like, let's just point at Hunter Biden and then they'll point at Trump and then everybody will fight over it. But you're never getting to the core of the legislation that they're passing. Like, you know, it, it's all like a WWE circus until people on the right and the left, but I would say the right because the left seems like they've lost the plot a little bit. You know, if, if the right figures this out, then it, they have to stop doing it. But if you can't figure it out because you're watching, you know, Benny Johnson talk about it, and it's like not trying to knock the guy, but it's always these little like low level, low. And, you know, I'm like reading the analysis of what's going on on a college campus. And it's like, that's not what's happening. What I said is happening is happening. Like that's the dynamic of it. Um, and that's why they're pulling the funding. And that's why I see Like, why did C why is CNN doing monologues that are so ethical? Because there's competing ideologies and one can only exist below the other one. The second you cross the other one, you know, they knock you back and let you know that you can't go there. So it's like, you know, I, I just think that if people can kind of figure this stuff out, then we could have success. But the interesting situation is as soon as the left figures something out, the right becomes insane. It's like neither, neither party can get on the same, like the left has been insane and wrong about everything for five years. And the second that they make sort of kind of sense, even though they're lying about like 90% of it, then the right and Dave Rubin and, and like uh, Mark Levin and all these people, then all of a sudden they turn into the snowflakes. I looked at Mark Levin. I just want to show you guys something real quick. Um, if you go to his Twitter, I think it was a couple of days ago, he retweeted, I think it was a town hall article, but I'm just going to read the headline of it because it's it's insane. And I don't care if it was Israel or Palestine or left wing or right wing or Christian or Jewish. I don't support this type of rhetoric at all. He said there are no innocent Palestinians. And he wrote it. He, he shared it. There's not a single one. Half the population's under 18. I mean, what type of rhetoric is that if you have Mark Levin saying there's not a single one of them that's innocent? What do you think Mark Levin wants to do with them if he doesn't think there's a single one of them that's innocent? I disagree with that statement completely. I wouldn't say that everyone in Israel's uh, guilty, and I wouldn't say that everyone in Palestine's guilty. Some people are just a product of their environment, whichever way you see it, because I have a soul, because I care about humanity. I don't want to hurt any population. So I look at the situation, and I'm like, you know what? There's there aren't, it's, everybody's not guilty on, on both sides, but he's saying stuff like that. And it's like, what do you think he wants to do to, to, to a, a population that he says are all guilty? It's insane. It's very, uh, it's like bloodlust to the 50,000th degree. You have Dave Rubin that's celebrating that they're canceling protests in France. You have the right saying the same thing that the left was saying a year ago. When people do something crazy at a Trump rally or someone says something crazy and, and, and wrong that, that should be looked at, 
then the left says, well, because we saw that this happened here, you're all like that. We should shut down all your protests and you're all far right and you're all supremacists and you're all Charlottesville. And then the right goes, no, no, no. You can't just take a small faction and say it's all of us. So you can't take a protest and say it's all of us. But now the right's doing that with the left on the college campuses. So it's just the Bolsheviks and the Zionists just being total hypocrites, both flipping sides. Now the left's the right, the right's the left. You know, they both have double standards. They're both hypocrites. And I'm not going to sit here and defend either side because they're both acting insane. I'll tell you what I think. I, you know, I'm really sad about what's happening in the Middle East. In the Middle East, it's horrible. But it, it's like, you know, both sides are insane. Both sides are hypocrites. Both sides have lost their mind. And for the first time, the left is pretending like they have free speech principles, but they don't have free speech principles. They just want to protest Israel, but the Zionists don't want them to do that. So now they're getting beat because they have less systemic power than that, even though they do also have a lot of systemic power. It's a fascinating power struggle right now where they don't want to cave on this topic, but everybody wants them to cave on this topic. But all I'm saying is like, I don't believe that these universities care about free speech. They're lying. But on the flip side, I don't think I don't I don't think Dave Rubin cares about free speech. He doesn't. I don't think Mark Levin cares about free speech. He doesn't. I don't think Ben Shapiro cares about free speech. He doesn't. I don't think Trump or DeSantis care about free speech. I know they don't. They both pass legislation. In my opinion, it should be looked at by the Supreme Court as uh, an anti-First Amendment bill and executive order that Trump and DeSantis passed to quash speech and protests on college campuses and in schools. So when people ask me who I'm voting for in the primary, I'm not voting for Trump and DeSantis anymore because they've both proven that they don't care about the First Amendment. What's the point of voting for a Republican if they don't care about the First Amendment? The only one that even pretends to care about it is Vivek Ramaswamy. If anything, I might write his name down on a piece of paper because he's the only one who even pretends to care about it. And DeSantis, Haley, and Trump are all hop, skip, and jumping, trying to show everybody and show the donors how much they could sell out. Well, I want to cancel this protest. Well, I want to cancel this constitution. It's like, you know, and they're, they're having a competition, but it's not for you. Just like when, you know, Dana White tells you to drink gallons of Bud Light or Donald Trump tells you to pay $4,000 to buy a little piece of it. It's like, they're mocking you. You know what I'm saying? And I don't necessarily blame them because you're buying it. If people keep buying it, they could say, oh, Anomaly has Trump derangers and this and that. I know I'm right about this topic and nobody wants to debate me on it. They just want to write smear articles because I'm right. It's the truth. Um, you know, and I don't care. It's like, I'm not in the business of making money, selling you guys crap that I don't want to buy. I couldn't live with myself if I did that. If I made a bunch of money selling you a product that almost ruined my life, I would feel horrible every day I woke up. I'd rather be broke, but I guess that's how you get ahead in business in this country now. Not always, but you know, it's like, just sell them whatever. Tell them you're pro free speech when you're not. Tell them you believe in the constitution, but you only believe in it as long as it goes with your ideology. Well, then you don't believe in it. If you only believe in the right to protest when your side's protesting, but you make the same excuses that they make when they try to shut down your protest. So it's like, it's weird now because ethically and morally, the people on the universities, not all of them, don't get it twisted because people are going to take this out of context and be like, oh, what about this? If people are breaking the law, they're breaking the law. If they're being psychotic and evil, they're being psychotic and evil. I don't care what side they're on. I don't care if they're left wing, right wing, wearing a mask or not. There's some weirdos out there. But what I will say, because I don't want to be taken out of context, any protest that falls under the First Amendment, you got to allow it. And if you don't, you're like, well, I'm not voting for you. You know what I'm saying? You're a joke. So it's like, Ethic, I would say ethically on this principle right now, 
some people at the universities are actually on the right side and the right's on the wrong side. But here's the thing. They don't mean it. So it's hard to really stand up for them. Like ethically, I'll be like, you know, I, in my opinion, I, I don't know where you would draw the line. But if, you know, if a Zionist says, I want to carpet bomb all of Gaza and I want to blow the whole thing off the map, is that free speech? I mean, in my opinion, maybe this is not popular, even though I disagree with that statement. Um, it's foreign policy. I don't know. Andrew Clavin said that. He said he wanted to blow up Iran. Should he go to jail? I don't think so. Should he not be allowed to say that? I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, it's like in war, you could be like, oh, we want to fight Russia. It's your opinion on foreign policy. It's kind of insane, but the world is also insane. I don't know. But then it's like when the left says from the river to the sea or whatever, they say that's genocidal. They say that's genocidal. In my opinion, both sides are exaggerating, but also there are psychopaths on both sides. So it's like, where do you draw the line? I don't know. I would say not banning every Palestine protest, but that's what Dave Rubin wants to do. So, you know, it's like if if you want to say, I want to blow that country off the map, then if they say that and then you cry, it, like you're just a hypocrite. Like, I don't say that about either side because I think that's insane. And unlike whatever his name is, Mark Levin, I think that there are innocent people on both sides. So I don't want to hurt anybody, although I understand that that's not always the possibility. But it's like the, the people on the left and the people on the right, long story short, they could fight for the next five years if they want. I don't really care. Like the Zionists and the Bolsheviks, they do the same thing. They both lie. They both have double standards. They're both hypocrites. They both flip on a dime. One day they're free speech. One day they're not. One day words aren't violence. One day they are. Like they're the same entity just flipped around and they both will lie. You know, it's like I'm, I, it, that's how I see the whole university thing. It's like, yeah, I guess like technically you're right, but I know you don't actually mean it. And five months from now, you'll be on the other side of the protest. And same with these people, they'll be on the other side in five months. It's like, I'm actually finding it fascinating. It's like, they're both lying. They're both hypocrites. They both have double standards. And the Bolsheviks have a lot of power and the Zionists have a lot of power. And now they're telling the Bolsheviks not to do that, but they don't want to listen. It's like every socialist regime ever, you know, the, the little minions, and the little like ground soldiers eventually, you know, the power structure turns around because it's not based off of a real loyalty or any sort of principle. Like when you brainwash 100 million people at college campuses with far leftism, don't expect them to always agree with you like because they're not. And the fact, you know, I hate what's going on, but it's like the fact that these donors were willing to fund that for 15 years. And now when it turns against them, it's like a Frankenstein. You create this monster. It goes further and further insane. All of its thinking is backwards. It's all race-based in the weirdest way. And then you're like, oh, I, I never knew that they would you know, disagree with Israel. It's like, well, what did you think they were going to do? You funded this for 15 years. Have you not heard the rhetoric at a college campuses politically, racially, religiously? They've been insane for at least 10 to 20 years now, and it's only been getting crazier. And you just figured it out a month ago because they didn't, they said something unfavorable about Israel, like in a weird way. It's just like, what did you expect? You know, and now I'm supposed to feel so sorry because all these Bolsheviks at the college campus, they like don't support the foreign country you want them to. And Trump's freaking out saying we got to cancel protests and DeSantis is passing bills. I'm not voting for either of them. I'm sitting out the primary or I'll vote for Vivek, even though I don't even like him that much because he has principles. If you can't stand up for the First Amendment, what's the point of voting for you? I believe it's the most important principle in the country. Trump sold out the First Amendment. DeSantis sold out the First Amendment. Trump gave away the Second Amendment. Like who, like Trump, 
he's like a Marvel character in people's heads. Everybody's just role playing that he's some sort of like savior of the constitution. He's better than Biden, I guess. But like, you know, in your head, he's so good. But like in reality, he gave up the first two amendments when he was in office slightly, but you know, too much. That's why we lose. The left gives it all away. The right gives a little away. We don't have anyone going in the right direction. And I'll tell you one thing too. I saw that Waka Flocka Flame posted some sort of like platinum plan, you know, Trump's uh, platinum plan. I've never read it because when he said it, I'm just like, okay, Trump's trying to get the black vote, whatever. Um, you read it and it's all these left wing things. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting a little tired of everybody on the Republican Party just giving things away to other races without your race included. It's like, uh, like, why are you doing all these race-based things that don't include me? Like, I'm supposed to love that? You know, here, we're going to do this for this race. This, what about me? Oh, you don't get shit. Or maybe Anomaly will get invited to a Latino conference because he's part Puerto Rican. It's like, wow, thanks so much. I got to come. You know, but it's like, you read it. He's like, tr I think one of them was training police officers with DEI. It's like Trump's doing crazy far left things in order to try to get the black vote. What's the point? If the right is the left, the left is the left. The right gives up free speech. The right gives up the second amendment. I'm just supposed to pretend like I don't see it or something. I do see it though. That's the problem. Like I do see all of it. And that's why, you know, that's the big issue is a lot of people don't see it or they don't want to see it. So it's like, it's not happening if I pretend like it's not, but it is though, you know, someone said a Puerto Rico. Appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Thank you. My grandma was from Puerto Rico at a certain point or maybe her great grandma. I'm not really sure. Someone said, I'm Irish. We need not apply. But here's the thing. I'm not mad. I understand people are trying to get votes, but nothing changes until people say something about it. If we just keep going through the motions of like cheering for it, it just keeps going crazier and crazier. And it's like, you know, I played that clip of Kevin McCarthy the other day where he was like, you know, I'm sick of the Republican Party. It looks like a damn country club. You know, the Democratic Party looks like America. Republican Party looks like a country club. Bro, then get the hell out, dude. If you want to if you want to hang around a bunch of diverse people who hate you, go to the Democratic Party. And listen, I'm 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 cool. I'm not I have no problem with any ethnicity. I get along with people. I'm a likable guy. But it's like if you're going to sit in the Republican Party and just gulp off of all of our money and all of our ideals and stuff and then just say we're too white, then freaking move somewhere else, bro. Go to, you know, move to a different country or move to a different neighborhood or something. If you're tired of white people, Go somewhere else. You could live with LeBron. You can go to his white neighborhood and complain about white people too. It's like, that's like what, that's what we get. Kevin McCarthy, who says we look too much like a country club. I bet you hang out at country clubs, bro. You're not hanging out in St. Louis on the block. Like shut the hell up. You know what I'm saying? Kevin McCarthy's like whiter than my fluorescent light. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I, I look like OJ Simpson standing next to Kevin McCarthy and he's out here talking about OIP. It's like, bro, then fuck off, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I did a show and like 95% of my audience happens to be white that night and I'm like, damn, it's way too white in here. It's too much of a country club. Then get off the stage, bro. Then go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Go like, it's like, I'm not going to go to freaking a black neighborhood, crush it at a comedy store or something and be like, it's really black in here. It's like, yeah, dude, that's where you're at. Like, is that okay? You know, that's your audience today. Are you, are you okay with that ethnicity? It's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, him saying that about the Republican Party is so cringe. And then you got this other dude, Speaker Johnson, who's like, my white son is so privileged. It's like, bro, 
you're such a scumbag. You adopted a black son just so you could tell your white birth son that he's privileged. Like you, you're, you're a demon. You know what I'm saying? But because he wears glasses and, you know, pretends to be a cowboy, bro, he's not even conservative, bro. If he showed up in Texas, you're, you're like, are you, what are you here for? Are you like a, somebody's tutor or something? You know, he looks like a freaking math tutor. Like these people aren't even Republican or conservative or it's like, they're just, they're like liberal losers that are just sucking up our money and lying to us. And I think the one, the one thing that people are holding out with is like, I hope Trump fixes it. But if he doesn't, then what? Now you're six years down the road and you haven't done anything. Like it's better to face reality now and, and figure this stuff out than wait five or six years because the longer you wait, the harder and harder it's going to get to fix this stuff. So that's all I'm trying to pitch to MAGA, to anybody. It's like, you know, I know you want Trump to fix it, but he's just friends with all these people. And you're going to figure out the hard way that not only can he not fix it, but he doesn't even want to. All you have to do is just listen to the speeches and just think about what he's saying. You know, it's like, does it sound like someone that's really trying to please you? He'll put out a black, uh, he'll put out a platinum plan for the black community. He'll say, my Democrat friend told me my vaccine saved a hundred million lives. He has Lindsey Graham on a stage saying, oh, I'll fix you guys. I'll change your opinion about him. It's like, he's mocking you to your face by my cloth. You know what I'm saying? For It's like, th they're mocking us, you know? And this is why I'm trying to hype people up. I don't care how many people get annoyed because at the end of the day, I actually like you and I'm tired of these people mocking us and they look at us like we're animals. They're like, these idiots can't figure this stuff out. And I'm not an idiot. I stand up for myself. I speak publicly. So I tell you what I'm feeling and that's how I'm feeling. And I'm a man and I draw a hard line and I know a lot of people don't, but it's like, that's my line. You know, I've been very transparent about it. There's nothing sneaky. There's nothing behind the scenes. Like I've been outward with how I feel for three years now. And I don't think the Republican party, including Trump is going to change until the base has that as their baseline. Um, someone said Texas was melanated way before it was white. No, a lot of the country was, yeah, I'm not, I mean, you could see a lot of Hispanic, uh, names that like roads were, you know, it was not this before it was, and it's going to go back. I'm not, I'm not saying it never was. I'm just saying in general, it's like, you know, I'm not arguing that other races were here or exist or anything. I'm just, I'm saying what I'm saying. It's not to be misconstrued. Like white people were here for 10 million years and no one else exists. Like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when Trump puts out a plan that discriminates against me and then he stands on stage and says, oh, the liberals are discriminating against you because you're white. It's like, okay, so are you though. So is Speaker Johnson. So is Kevin McCarthy. The Republican Party's controlled opposition. They complain about what they're doing. They're against free speech. So are they. They're infringing on the Second Amendment. So did you. They don't like you because it's like, well, how many plans are you going to put out that also discriminate against me? Why don't you pass a bill that says I will hire the best people no matter if they're black or white? They don't do that. They pass bills because they want to get minority groups. So they, they discriminate against you just as much as the left us. It's like, I'm done voting for these people. I'm done caring about these people. If Trump or DeSantis wants to get my vote, uh, they have to make a stand for the first amendment. If they say they care about a foreign country and their donors more than the first amendment, I'm not voting for them. You know, I don't like or trust. I'm, I don't hate Vivek. I, I would say I'm impressed by him, but, uh, I'll vote for Vivek over both of them. He's the only one who has first amendment principles or pretends to. Someone said, you're right. It's all a grift. 
for sure no for and even with like the 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 black stuff it's like it's also just to get votes you know like do they really care i mean maybe i'm not saying they like hate people or anything but it's like why are, if they had 80 percent of the black vote and they had like five percent of the white vote they'd be putting out a, a platinum plan for white people although that would be called racist you're not allowed to do that but it's like you know it it's all it is all a grift where it's like oh we don't get enough of that demographic here's a plan to discriminate against our base in order to try to get them it's like but what if you discriminate against 80 percent of your base and then you don't even pick up the votes now you just discriminated against the people that like you and that's the issue with the left and the right sometimes but especially the right they know they have the christian conservative in the bag they know they have the trump supporter in the bag so they don't really want to do that much for you and in my view like this is my issue over the last couple of years is the base they just like listen to what trump says and like repeat it where they're like here's what we care about election integrity and this and this and it's like that's it not the food quality not the fact that trump hired the pharmaceutical swamp like you're repeating these core tenants that he's saying the border closed yeah of course close the border but like really close it though not just say you're gonna close like everyone's going off this idea that everything was done last time and i don't see it that way they're like we had four years of a prosperous economy we didn't though we had three years of a good economy and in the fourth year trump imploded it with the bankers and then blamed biden for it you know it's like he worked for the pharmaceutical industry sold us out scammed us that was part of his administration one fourth of it 25 percent of it was that so that also happened like i don't see it as like the border was closed it actually really wasn't though it's worse now it's first it's worse than it's ever been right now but under trump he had less deportations than Obama had. And people were still coming across because the wall was never fully built properly. properly. And for some reason, Border Patrol is not allowed to do their job. So I'm not saying it's necessarily his fault, but I just kind of see it differently where some people are like, everything was perfect when Trump was in. It's like nothing. He'll stop the riots. He was in office when the riots happened and he did nothing about it. I'm not saying he can or he can't, but he didn't do the job. So like everyone's coming at it like, he did the job great the first time. And I'm like, he did the job great for two to three years. And then he did a horrible job and, and no one sees it that way. So it's like, he'll get in and the problems will be fixed. Like, I hope, I mean, at this point, like you, he'd look like an idiot if he didn't build the border. You know what I'm saying? Like build the damn wall, figure it out. This is a country. How hard is it? It's, it's embarrassing that this is even a thing. Governor Abbott, we can't do it, bro. What the hell do you mean? You can't do it. Maybe, but you can freaking send my money to Ukraine. You could lock down my business. You could steal 30% of the money I make. You could take tens of thousands of dollars from me every year for working, uh, you know, but you can't, you can't solve the border. I can't even get a hotel without an ID. I can't leave the country without a passport, but you can't stop people from coming in illegally. Then what the hell's the point of voting for you guys? Like, what are you even doing? They're not even doing anything. You know, like I, I don't see it as like that hard. And one day they're going to do it. And, and they're going to, and then they're like, you know, we're just going to do it this way. And it's like, why didn't you do it that way for the last 10 years? I don't know. We just did it now though. It's like, bro, is this a country or not? If you could send military people to die in Iraq, if you could send money to, so people could die in Russia and Ukraine, if you could send money to Israel so they can, you know, bomb Gaza and then Gaza's like, help, we're getting bombed. And then you give them humanitarian aid. We're funding both sides of that war. It's like, you can't stop people from coming across the border. You know, this country's a joke. And I, I just don't see it as like, oh, this country's a joke and it's just the left. And it's like, it's the right. 
And it's not the right but Trump. It's the right with Trump. And if everybody saw it that way, they'd actually fix the problem. But if they could keep delegating the issue to each other, it's never going to get fixed. The obvious one is one I brought up too many times, but it's like the inflation is not just Biden. He's horrible, but inflation happened all over the world. Why did inflation happen all over the world? Republicans, Bolsonaro, left wing, right wing. Why is inflation hitting everywhere? It's because everyone printed money and shut down their economy under COVID. Trump did it too, but now people are so dumb. He just blames it on Biden and they believe it. And if it is the Republican party, then they'll just blame another Republican. Like he's the quarterback, but he doesn't exist when, you know, things don't go right. But when it does go right, it's all his job. It's like, he'll like endorse a candidate and then if the candidate loses, he'll be like, oh, I never liked him anyway. I, I didn't even care. And then if the candidate wins, he'll take credit for it and be like, oh, the only reason Glenn Young can won is because I endorsed him. It's like Trump tried to kick Thomas Massey out of the party. And then when Thomas Massey won the election, Trump took credit for it and added to his list of people that he endorsed. He's like, you know, he takes all the credit when it goes well. When it doesn't go well, he takes no credit. And it's holding the party back because there's never any accountability. It's like this loop-de-loop -loop of like constant just finger pointing. And that's been politics, but I just think it would be really wise for the Republican Party to put him in that category and like be like, no, you too. And it's like, me too. Yeah, you too, dude. Like, do it this time. We're on to you. Do it this time. Then he'd be like, all right, I got to do it. But if there's always someone to blame, then it's like, I don't think they're going to solve it. You would, you know, this is this is my optimism kicking in. You would think if Trump wins the election, He's got to like finish the wall and like stop the border thing completely. Like he's got to, or else he'd look like an idiot. But you would just hope that he would. If you heard his DHS guy, he went on a, I don't know, Glenn Beck's podcast or something. He said, and I, I played the clip a couple weeks ago. He said, you would think this isn't true, but he said, you know, Trump was the one calling off the deportations. Like the reason that Obama deported less people than Trump they could twist it any way they want, but Trump was calling off deportations. He was saying, don't deport them. I don't want to look bad to my left-wing friends. I don't want them to hate me. But they already hate you, bro. Every, they all already hate you. But it's like Trump was the reason that we didn't deport that many people. I know it's crazy because he's yelling, wall, 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 wall. But then when people go to do stuff, he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want it. Like, he's he is the reason his administration, it's like, it's not just Paul Ryan or just Mitch McConnell. Trump has executive power that he doesn't use. And I want to give credit to DeSantis, although he's super sneaky and I'm still not voting for him because he doesn't like the First Amendment. He uses his power. When someone actually has the power that isn't stupid or fake and wants to actually like do stuff, you can do stuff. Like Florida's done more stuff than most states and, and been transparent about it. You know, it's like, wow, like they're, they're actually fixing. It's like, cause they're trying. Like he's, he knows how much power he has. So he's using it with Trump. He doesn't use it. Like, you know, he used it to infringe on the second amendment. He used it to pass an executive order for the pharmaceutical industry. But when it comes to like doing other stuff, it's like, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like, what do you mean you don't know? We we vote we barely won, you know, you you won the election for your people. Like just do it, dude. Um it's a different time now. You would assume if he wins that he does all this stuff. You know, even me as questioning as I am, it's like I would you got to do it, dude. Like if you don't do it within a week, everyone should be on your ass. Like, you know, not like, "Oh, trust the plan. He's going to do it in 2029." Like, shut the hell up with these people. You know, it's like do it the day one, do it day two.
do it in a week, dude. Don't wait like three years or two years. Um, someone said now he promises to deport. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you would hope that he would do it, you know? It just sucks because he was there for four years. So it's like we, you know, sometimes you only get one shot. You would you would like to think that he'd get another, but I don't know. All right, I'm going to read a few and then I'm going to take off. Now that I've stayed past my welcome. Um, I wanted to say I just did a podcast with Jim Brewer. It was super funny. It was super fun. Check that out if you would. Uh, after this, he's really a fun guy to talk to. I love that guy. Um, Anomaly sounds a little naive here. I mean, I could see him not doing it and doing it. I'm just, I just feel like, you know, people want it so bad. You got like, he's got to do it. And I'm trying to not just complain, but inspire people to make sure he does it, you know? Cause like, I want people on my side if he doesn't do it. I want people to be like, all right, we got to get this guy to do it. Like, not like, oh no, I watched a video from X22 report and he's like, listen, Patriots, there's a super secret plan. QAnon told me to tell you that, there, that there's a gold bar under the wall so Trump can't build it until 2045 and then like every MAGA mom's like oh my gosh oh my gosh that makes total sense that makes sense Fox News has lied to me he's like Fox News lies right and you're like yeah they're they're lying and it's like so the police they're not there to arrest the bad guys the good guys they're there to arrest the bad guys the Capitol Police are not going to arrest you patriots if you go on January 6th they're going to arrest Hillary Clinton. Oh, oh, we got to go. <laughs> it's like, dude, they like, they give you like three truths. They'll be like, so Fox News lies, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Nancy Pelosi's a nasty woman, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you read Trump's executive order? It might be for you, patriots. It just might be. But if it doesn't happen next week, remember, it'll happen if you just wait and sit there. And pretend like lockdowns are better than you thought they were. And then MAGA moms are like, yeah, that sound, you know, it, it, it plays to like how women like to watch murder mysteries. They like a good, you know, like, like ducktails or something, you know, they're like following the, the bread. They're like, Oh, these are breadcrumbs. And you're like, you know, yeah. Breadcrumbs to what though? Breadcrumbs to a fed trap at January 6th, breadcrumbs, to a bunch of people thinking lockdowns are good because for four years they got programmed that, uh, you know, that martial law was a good thing. Patriots, you know how martial law forever has been government tyranny and it would be really bad? Yeah. Well, now martial law is good because Trump's in office. And when he makes government bigger, now it's good because it's his big government and they're going to go for Pelosi. Oh, she's going to. And then they're like, did you see? And then like eventually something happens and they'll always take credit for it. And they're like, did you see that? Did you see Pelosi's husband got attacked by a crackhead? What did I tell you? Go look at the Q drop from. 1945 where we said nikola tesla put nikola tesla backwards it goes alls alls what does that sound like alls uh, aardvark arthur watch it tomorrow if you watch arthur the code will be in there and then you're like i watched arthur on television and you know they did say a word with q in it i don't know he's on to something mm. 
Someone said once Flynn said it was a psyop that did him in. Did it though? I feel like people are still going to follow it. Flynn seems like a nice guy, but it's just like boomers get kind of caught up in this stuff. You know, like Lynn Wood was like, oh my gosh, Barack Obama got arrested at the Vatican. And it's like, bro, someone get grandpa off the off, off the internet. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not trying. <laughs> I'm not saying he can't have internet, but it's like people are looking up to like Lynn Wood and Mike Flynn. Like they're all knowing because they had like government positions or something or they're a lawyer. But in reality, like they're also boomers that are like, you know, just because you work for the government doesn't mean you know everything. Like, you know, are you going to listen to like freaking Anthony Blinken or something? It's like, no, but Anomaly, you don't understand. People in the government are telling me too. It's like, so now you trust the government? Like your your conspiracy theories come from the federal government? Like that's not a red flag to you? You know, like, oh yeah, government agents are telling you conspiracies now. Like, did you ever think that maybe that could be the misdirection? <laughs> like, you know, no, Anom Anomaly, Trump's secretary of state said it too. It's like Mike Pompeo, the ex-CIA guy. That's where you're getting your theories. I, okay, could be. Um, uh, someone said, if you work for the government, you aren't good enough for the private sector. I mean, I, there's probably some truth to that. I mean, I think some people in the government are probably solid but you know and there's definitely some real winners in the government like some good good people but you know i don't know it, like i look at rachel what is it rachel levine and you ask yourself like what other position could rachel levine do like if rachel levine was your waitress i used to do this bit it's like imagine rachel levine comes out she's like welcome to hooters rachel here i'm the manager sorry i have to work a double shift because my stupid employees didn't show up so now i'm doing waitressing too and you're like oh my gosh um are the are the boneless wings still half off or you know and then and then she walks away and you're like is this is this gonna go well but yet she's running some government agency and it's like is that is she is she an impressive person that deserves that role? Maybe. Probably not. You know, does Pete Buttigieg know how to run the whole country's transportation? It seems like he couldn't even bike from like San Francisco to Berkeley, but I get maybe, maybe Pete Buttigieg knows a lot. I don't know. The, the, the people in government are very weird. I think it's like a, it's not a fun position to be in. It's like, how good of a liar are you? You know, that's how you get those positions. Like, can you go and tell the public something and then tell the donor something? You basically got to be everybody's bitch. Excuse my language, but I couldn't think of another word, bitch. Is that a bad word? I apologize. Um, it's like, all right, go here. Tell the people this. Go to this country. Take money from this guy. Smile to him. Send weapons to the other side. Send foreign aid to him. Come back, tell Corinne Jean-Pierre to repeat what you said, and then go on TV and smile, you know, probably hopped up on drugs or alcohol and tell everybody that that didn't happen. And you're like, okay, are you sure? You know, like that's, I feel like that's the job. And some people are good at it. Some people aren't good at it, but they don't even care that you know that they're not good because that's just how they got the position anyway. It's like, you know, they're not good at it, but they're still there and nothing's changing. So, um, and in that way, I feel like Trump is the ultimate politician in that way because he's so he's so believable. Like he'll be like, Patriots. He always repeats stuff too. I like it. I mean, so do I, so I can relate, but he'll be like, 
Patriots, he's like, I'm selling a piece of my jacket that I wore in the mugshot. It's a really good jacket, really clean, really, really nice, really good jacket that I'm wearing, Arkansas. And people are like, oh my gosh, he cares about working class people. And it's like, hopefully, you know, hopefully he does. Or, you know, and he'll be like, I told Governor Kemp of Georgia, I told Governor Kemp, you should listen to my guidelines. Lock down those tattoo parlors, those spas, lock them down. I told Georgia, oh, Georgia, oh, I love the people of Georgia, really great people, really great people in Georgia. But I told Governor Kemp, you should lock it down, though, Georgia. And people are like, oh, my gosh, I live in Georgia. Oh, my gosh, Trump's talking to me. And it's like, I kind of, you know, I liked it more in like 2019, 2018. But I feel like now, even parts of 2020, now it just like when I watch a Trump, when I watch like a Trump speech, I just kind of like laugh and I'm not even being mean, but it's just fun. like that. The trading cards. I mean, here, I'm going to try to press this. Hopefully it doesn't freeze. If it freezes, I'm stupid, but it's probably going to freeze. I shouldn't have clicked it. Oh, well, um, I wanted to play a clip, though, again, because it's so funny. OK, it didn't freeze. Yeah, like you can't tell me this is not hilarious. This is so funny. Hi, everyone. This is your favorite president, Donald J. Trump, with some very exciting news. My last two Trump digital trading card collections sold out in just hours. And now I'm back with my latest series called the Mugshot Edition. I wonder where that came from, the Mugshot Edition. 47 all-new stunning cards, and here is the best part. I'm doing two important things for my Trump collectors. For the first time, we're creating a real physical Trump card. Purchase 47 digital cards and we'll mail you a beautiful trading card. It is an authentic piece of the suit I wore when I took that now famous mugshot. And it was a great suit. Believe me, a really good suit. It's all cut up and you're going to get a piece of it. I'll be autographing some of them. A true collector's item. This is something to give to your family, to your kids and your grandchildren with the purchase. Like... I kind of see every Trump speech that way now, like the way he's like, give it to you, your family, your friends, your grandma, you know, whoever. And he'll be like, it's a really good suit. Like I, I watch his speeches and I, I can't, I wish I could unsee it because I really kind of feel left out. Like I'll watch like, you know, I follow Jack Basabic and he'll tweet something. I'll be like, yo, look, Trump said he's going to do this. And I see everything through the lens of him selling that trading card. Like he'll be like, listen, guys. You know, the, the deep state is really, they're really corrupt. And like, you know, I'm going to really just, do, I'm going to, I'm going to beat them up this time metaphorically. And, you know, I'm going to drain, I'm going to drain the swamp. And people are like, oh, Anomaly C, he said he's going to do it. It's like, I, like, I, yeah, hopefully, you know, I don't know. I just, like, I see every speech like that. He'll be like, listen, Patriots. It's really, really corrupt what Bill Gates is doing. He wants to do 15-minute cities, Patriots, but that's really, really communist. So what I'm going to do is a freedom city, Patriots. We're going to build a federal government freedom city, and, oh, they're going to love America there. And it's like you're building a freedom city. And people are like, dude, that's a good idea. It's like Charlie Kirk's tweeting it out, and I'm like, that literally just sounds like the elites went to Trump and they're like, yo, package this thing we're doing, but like for your audience. And he's like, okay, I'll just, you know, say it's like really, really American, but it's, you know, it's like, take what we're doing and sell it to them. 
it's like my lockdown it was big it was beautiful it was a big beautiful lockdown and it was really really good i talked to my democrat friend he said trump I hate everything about you, but you should believe me when I talk about your vaccine because it's big, it's beautiful. And I would say you saved up to like a hundred billion, trillion, bajillion, bazillion lives. And he's like, I think I saved the world with my vaccine because my Democrat friend told me. And people are like, oh my gosh, wow, that's a really good, sir. Yeah, this Mar-a-Lago steak is amazing. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> and like, I'm just every speech, even like the most serious speech, I see it all that way. Like, it he just sounds like a comedian to me like it's funny but it's just like i don't i don't know i'm not like believing it it doesn't sound like someone who actually believes what they're saying it sounds like someone who who like figured out how to say things to people like you know i i get kind of like the the cadence of it you know I, i'm not a comedian I, I think i'm funny but like i do do shows i i, I like watch you know i like to study everything i mean i do analysis but you could tell someone who has like good stage presence right good like for example when fox news i was i was on a show and they were like playing fox news and it was like chaos and soon like it, people don't talk like that normally like they're doing this inflection with their voice to like scare you and sound like somebody that knows what they're talking about like you know if i was saying like i guess you wouldn't want to watch something that's like hey breaking news you know like breaking news dude there's like wars breaking out it's really crazy um you know i hope it stops it's breaking news i don't normally talk like this when i'm on television and this is how it ha huh, 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 the inflection on this word and blowing up hamas versus israel war you know and like certain words get like accentuated you're like whoa um i don't know when i listen to trump talk like i notice certain things where he'll be like he'll be like, he'll do like the little dance or whatever he'll be like yeah they love when i do it like this and then he'll be like listen uh arkansas arkansas love you the great people of arkansas so great one of some of the best and people are like yeah you know i get it like when you're on stage and you say the name of somewhere you're like woo fresno and people go nuts because you're yeah like, it, it's not bad i'm not not it's just like i just noticed it where it'd be like some of the best some of the best patriots here anyway Here's Lindsey Graham, and everyone's like, "Boo!" He's like, "Oh shucks, shut up, stop. You'll you'll get you'll get it soon." Um, Richard Wayne said, "Why should elementary schools or colleges have free speech? There's always been censorship in school." It's an interesting point. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess your teacher can tell you what you can and can't say when you're in like elementary school. You know, like if I stood up and I was like woo i'm free they're like shut the hell up detention you're like all right damn it <laughs> that's actually a funny concept you know i'm in fifth grade i'm like freedom of speech yeah thomas jefferson suck my no i'm just kidding they're like all right suspension i'm like i thought i had free speech what the hell what about the first amendment huh they're like yeah no not in my classroom you're not you're not allowed to just like say that here um I mean, on a university, I guess it comes down to like, what are you teaching the kids and what type of discussion do you allow? I think in a university, there sh you should allow like more free flow. Um, but I guess then it's like, who's making the rules? What speech is allowed and what speech isn't allowed? And this is where it gets a little bit dicey, in my opinion. If you're allowed to say on a college campus, white people suck and nobody cares. But if you say, 
you know, I, I don't agree with Israel. And then it's like, well, you, you know, go back to saying white people suck. That's fine. But not you can't disagree with that country or you can't say this when you can't say that. It's like you could say from the river to the sea, America must be free on a college campus. You could say give America back to the Native Americans. Is that genocidal? I live here. I don't want to leave. But uh, you could say you could say that. But you can't say that about Israel. It's like the double standards. I mean, it's an interesting thought that you don't have free speech on college campus. I guess you don't, but it's like, what are the principles? Like, what can you say and what can't you say? Um, when it comes to Trump and DeSantis' anti-Semitism laws, you could read the rules. They have a list of like 12 rules and it's like, here's what you can't say. You're not allowed to say uh, that a group of people that must not be named have any power in banking and media um, because you know it's not true and they have to pass a speech law to stop you from saying it because that totally disproves it. So it's like, is why is that a law on a college campus? Like, can we pass other laws then if there's no free speech? Can I say, you have to say anomaly looks really good all the time. You can never make fun of my mustache. Um, you know, you have to say that I'm dressed to the nines. You're not allowed to say that Christians ever done any, did anything bad. If you suggest that Christians have should have even an ounce of self-awareness, that's an anti-Christ speech law and you should be sent to the gulags. Like, you know, who gets to decide what laws there are? And I think that this is just my outside perspective about how to solve the problem. I believe that, you know, with Israel and Jewish stuff, um, the speech laws are not going to help. I'm just going to say that like the speech laws are not going to make people like them more. I feel like it only works in the other direction because it just doesn't work. I don't know. Being like, you can't say that we own banks and media. It's like, okay. Is that how you want? Like, is that, is that your like way to make people not believe that or something? Or uh, I don't, you know, it's like, how is that going to work? So now there's like this huge disdain for Israel. Like, how are you going to fix that? Are you going to fix it through speech laws? Are you going to fix it through shutting down their protests? Here, let me shut down their protests and call a bunch of like Palestinian Jewish activists, like, you know, terrorists. It's like, there's a bunch of like Jews for Palestine. And now they're being called like anti-Semitic by like the ADL. It's like, is that going to make them like Israel more? Like, is that going to stop them? No, it's just going to make them hate these groups more, even though they're the Jewish themselves. Like they're not going to like those organizations. I just don't see it as like a solution. And this is just my opinion. And I think this goes to a lot of people, you know, self-awareness and self-accountability is lacking in this world from everybody. Um, Republicans, Democrats, left, right, Christian, Muslim, dare I say Jewish, you know? Um, and I feel like these, these speech laws are basically like we have no self-accountability and self-awareness and instead of facing anything we've ever done, we're just going to make it illegal for you to say that we've ever done anything. It's like, it's a very like crazy mindset. Like I pray for people that have that mindset. Like not only are we not going to admit that we're doing something, but we're not going to allow you to even say it. And we're just going to call you hateful for saying something we don't want you to say. That's going to make everybody like us. Right. And you're like, no, no, not at all. That's not going to work at all. It's not going to work with the left or the right or the college campuses. In fact, I would say it's probably driven more skepticism and more disdain than ever in my lifetime. And the only thing that could really fix it would be like an ounce of self-accountability and self-awareness. And when you have people like Dave Rubin and Mark Levin with none that are literally doing everything that they claim to not, they're only making the public perception even crazier. And, you know, 
I don't allow that type of stuff to get into my psyche because I still love and respect people. But it's like it just doesn't work. Like on a on a whole scale, there's probably more opposition to Israel than there's ever been, despite more speech laws. How come there's more opposition to Israel? I mean, Nikki Haley passed a speech law. Donald Trump passed a law. DeSantis, because you can't legislate this type of stuff. It's insane. They're, both parties are insane. Both sides of this debate are insane. And I'm not going to sit here and say that like Mark Levin makes total sense because I don't like the lesbian lady who runs like Harvard or whatever. It's like, I think they're both the same exact type of hypocrites. And energetically, they hate in each other the same things they hate in themselves, but they're both not willing to admit that they're doing it. So they just pretend like the other side's doing it. And then they both get angry because they have not like lacking self-awareness is one of the worst things you could do. And it seems like that's what everybody has nowadays. And I, I truly think as an individual, you could get ahead in this world if you do have self-awareness and self-accountability. It makes you more likable. It makes you more relatable. Uh, it makes people enjoy your company more. Like it's such a win to have those things. And for some reason, no one has it. Let me give you an example. Like, okay, what would make you like me? Say we hung out all the time, right? What would make you like me? It wouldn't be me making you like me. Like, oh, if you don't like me, I'm going to call you a hate speech. I'm going to call you anti-anomaly if you don't like me. Is that going to make you like me? No. Is passing legislation to say that you're not allowed to say that I run a social media company, is that going to make you like me? No. Is 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 exaggerating about you going to like me? No. Is smearing you and calling you names going to like? No. How how are you going to like me? It's all about me. So I think in general, you know, instead of people having the self-awareness and self-accountability to be like, is there anything we could do a little bit better in order to get our message out there in a better way? It's like, no. No, we've never done anything wrong ever in our entire history. And the only way to stop anybody from thinking that is to just pass laws and smear people and call them names and, you know, not allow them to say that we're saying certain things and we'll say something. But then if you repeat us, we'll say it's hate speech. It's like it's only making people like crazier. So it's like the, the solution is to have self-awareness and self-accountability. But, you know, that doesn't seem popular in the left and right. And, you know, I would say like organizations and stuff like I'm talking about. It's like if people are becoming more right wing and the media keeps going, oh, people are going further and further right. Oh, my gosh, they like Trump. They're out of control. Um, why? Like, why did millions of people go from this to this? Why did I go from somebody that didn't care about politics that liked Ron Paul but leaned a little left? Why did, Why am I this way now? Or why, why do you say I'm this way? Like, is there any analysis to figure out why? There's never a why. It's always like a it's always like a just 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 yell at everybody you know it's like why or why did people vote for trump why did so many people switch to go to republican why are people tired of the media like that you know they, they never ask why they always just blame everybody else and dare i say this i think that goes to certain activist groups and organizations as well like if you live in a neighborhood and like literally everybody on your block hates you and every one of your neighbors hates you and everybody there hates you it's like is there ever a time where you're like, did I do something? Like, did I get wasted and just smash everybody's car? That happened to me when I lived in a bad neighborhood. Some gang member literally was running away from the police and he smashed into every car in our block. And it's like, imagine if he was like, oh, what do you just hate me because I'm Mexican? It's like, no, everybody hates you because you crashed into all their cars. Like, you know, so I like that's what happens in this society. There's never any accountability of like, why do people think this way? It's just like, oh, 
they must be hateful. Oh my gosh, it must be them. We need to pass speech laws. We need to take their tongue out of their mouth. We need to, you know what I'm saying? Kick them off social media because they, they should never, it's like, but why, like, is there nothing anyone's ever, like, you get what I'm saying? It's pretty obvious, you know? There's nothing you did. People didn't go to that side because you did something on this side. No, there's nothing wrong. And, you know, I could say this to my own religion too, because I think it's true to everybody. I'm not just singling out one group. Um, why did so many people move away from Christianity and Catholicism? You know, why, why are there so many atheists? I mean, you could blame the media. You could blame a lot of stuff. And it's partially to blame, but also you have to take self-awareness and be like, how did we allow this to happen? You know, how many Christian families was it not the media, but it was their own doings that led their kids away because they saw the hypocrisy and it was all talk and there was no action. It was all, I'm Jesus, 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 but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, to pull people towards Catholicism or Christianity, it's ultimately going to be the spirit of it, um, not just the yapping about it, but not living it. You know what I'm saying? So I think the reason that America is not Christian anymore, you could sit and blame the media and blame certain groups and say, well, they did it. They took it out of America. And it's like, there's it, there's nuance to the situation, but I believe Christians, Americans, and everyone should have accountability and see where they failed. And I believe that for every group, but you know, there's certain groups that have no accountability. And it's like, they never even ask why people think that way. They just constantly try to stop people from saying it or thinking it, which then only makes people disagree with them more. And it's like, for me, you know, when it comes to the word anti-Semitism, it's like Trump is super pro-Israel. They called him anti-Semitic. Um, you know, DeSantis is super pro-Israel. Ted Cruz is super pro-Israel. They've both been called anti-Semitic for saying minor things. Okay, well, now I don't really believe the word, but whatever. Elon Musk, they called anti-Semitic. They called me anti-Semitic. Charlie Kirk is the biggest Israel person in the world, and he, he got called a Holocaust denier. So it's like, you're exaggerating about Charlie Kirk, but then you want to say it's hate speech for me to say that you've ever exaggerated. It's like, how is that going to, like, I don't, what do you expect? And now like the whole left wing disagrees with the Israel Palestine stuff. It's like, you're creating just like 90% of the public doesn't believe you, but it's not because there's something wrong with them or they're so hateful. These words have been used and abused. And it's like, there's no accountability and self-awareness with the policies being passed. You know, like imagine if, uh, your neighborhood is getting taken over by other groups, right? It's just an example, an edgy one, but it's one. Say your neighborhood's getting taken over by people from, I'm just going to pick a random country like Tibet. I don't know, just to keep it less controversial. And like, it used to not be that way. And now it's that way, but crime is up 10,000%. The media will say, oh, you just, you just are racist and you think this way because you just hate them for no reason. So what we're going to do is pass a speech law that says that you're not allowed to blame Tibetans for the crime in your neighborhood. Um, is that going to make people like each other more? No, because everyone that lives there is like, no, but that is kind of why it's happening. Like, that's just the reality of it. So that's what's going on in our society. In order for the races and religions to coexist, which I believe is possible, and on an individual scale, it already is possible. This is a great country. Um, you got to be honest. You got to allow for some leeway for people to say some stuff. And each group has to have the self-awareness to you know, police their own in some way and be like, no, you're right. That's, you know, that's definitely going on and you know we're not all bad but like yeah i see it um but if you don't do that then it's just like all right nobody's allowed to talk about stuff but at the same time you know we're gonna say it's hate speech to say it
Oh, you could do that, but no one believes it. Like any mom or any person, I say mom because I feel like they watch like local news more. If they watch, if you live anywhere and you watch the local news, you could see who's committing a majority of crime. It's just true. Everybody knows it. I'll stick with the gender because I don't feel like getting in trouble. It's mostly men. You don't see women committing that many like violent crimes. Okay. It's just the truth. So like you could say it's hate speech for people to talk about it, but everybody knows it. Everyone. So like, is it just going to go away because you don't want people to say it? No, it's just going to keep getting worse. And the fact that people can't talk about it just makes them more and more pissed off. So you, you get what I'm saying? It's like, how is that going to solve the problem? It's not. And what you're seeing on college campuses now is two ideologies, in my view, I would say like socialism, communism, Bolshevikism, and Zionism, they're at a crossroads right now because they're not agreeing on a foreign war. It's like the Bolsheviks support Palestine. The Zionists support Israel. And now they're like, you know, they're starting to get mad at each other. And it's fascinating because it's like both sides are hypocrites, in my opinion, with double standards. And they're both kind of lying about certain stuff. So like now that there's like a falling out, there's all these things that are like, all right, we need to address this. Yeah, for sure. We need to address college campuses now. All of us, us, CNN, Mark, all of us now. Yeah, sure. I'm down. But can we be honest about it? Because it's been crazy for 20 years. And then the left wing's like, I want to talk about Zionism and I want to talk about Israel. Sure, I'm down to talk about it, but will you also talk about these topics? Or are you going to call me a racist? Are you going to call me a sexist? And you know, it's like everybody wants to talk about something and doesn't want to talk about something else. And both sides are fighting at each other. Well, you know, and it's like, I'm just kind of looking from afar. It's like watching my, my kids, you know, it's just like they're fighting, but they're both wilding out. And it's like both of, you know, I, I wish I could sit down both sides, the Zionists and the Bolsheviks and say, listen, I know you both mean well, God bless you guys, but you guys need to be a little bit more honest about this, this, and this, and this. I'll let you protest, but you got to stop being psychopaths. Stop shutting down freaking public transit. Stop blocking buses. That's stupid. That's not a protest. That's a uh, obstruction. Um, and we got to also talk about this stuff. And with you guys, you know, to the Zionist side, I would say, listen, I have no problem with your existence, your country. God bless you guys. I think you have the right to exist. And I've never said otherwise. But in America, it seems like all the Zionist politicians, they prioritize Zionism over everything else. The First Amendment, uh, America first. And then they call you anti-Semitic when you say that. And it's like, I wouldn't care if DeSantis and Trump were super Zionist if they didn't sacrifice our Constitution for it. That's the part that bothered me. There's foreign policy outside of my understanding where it's like, I don't just cry about what's going on around the world all the time, although it's sad. But in general, it's like once they sacrificed my free speech and my like and started passing all these little hate speech laws, it's like now I don't support that. And it has nothing to do with the existence or the people. I'm not hateful at all. It has to do with our politicians prioritize a foreign country more than America. And it's a little bit concerning being that I live here. And if you go to Israel, they don't even allow certain things. They don't allow the, the 23andMe DNA test. They don't allow uh, dual citizenship. Like you're not allowed to have an American and an Israeli passport to serve in the Knesset. But in America, it's opposite. You can't talk about it. Over there, you can't do it. Over here, you can't say it. it's happening even though it is. So it's like that's the issue with the zionists and the bolsheviks if they could both be more honest this country would be amazing it's like you guys could have this you could have this but you know they're both fighting and screeching and screaming and they're both you know they both don't want to give an inch and honestly i don't know what's going to happen i would 
if I were a betting man, I, I would always bet on the Zionists. I feel like they're always going to win. But, uh, you know, when it comes to, like the Bolsheviks, they do have a lot of power too in this country. They were given a lot of power. And now they're not functioning properly. And, you know, they're psychotic. I mean, like you look at the liberals, they're in the streets, they're blocking traffic, they're wearing COVID masks. Like, you know, these people don't even like their life. So they're willing to sacrifice it. It's, it's a crazy proxy war going on in this country. And I would love for it to stop because in America, imagine if we could have like a democratic party that kind of cared about America and a Republican party that kind of cared about America. And then we actually had a country that would be cool, right? Everyone could have their beliefs, but we could actually like our country. That would be fun. Uh, we're not there yet, but I hope we can get there one day. Um, that's my goal. But you know, I'm hoping that through this ugly little college campus battle that both sides can, you know, learn a little bit and, and become more honest, but it's probably not going to happen. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like I'll read, I, and I don't know what to really do about it. I mean, we'll see, but both sides are getting a taste of their medicine. The left is getting a taste of what it feels like to not have free speech. The left is getting a taste of what it feels like to have the corporations go against you. The left is getting a taste of what it feels like to not have the establishment on your side completely. And the right is getting, I don't, I don't really know. Like the right is now showing that they don't actually value the things they claim to value because there's certain ideologies that go above their thought process on that, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of everything they've always said. So it's like both sides have flipped. They're looking in the mirror and it's a wild moment in, in time, you know? Someone said Trump is selling Barron's car. Is that true? Or are you just making that up? Listen, Patriots, if you buy 47, 47 digital coins at $49.99, I'll include Baron Trump's car. We've melted it down, melted it into beautiful American steel. And if, if you buy 49 of my digital trading cards, we will give you a little gold coin with Baron on it of liquid silver metal from america china made in china uh terms not apply american gold you're like dude i want to i want a piece of baron trump's car sign me up let me go let me go on uh i think i'm gonna i've never had a credit card but i think i'm gonna get a credit card and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna max it out on like trump digital trading cards and then i'm gonna go to rehab and they're like dude why are you like a hundred thousand dollars in debt i'm like you don't understand trump credit cards i want a piece of his I wanted a piece of the jacket with the mug shot, the mug shot. And they're like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just, I wanted to catch them all. I, I, I didn't want anyone else to have them. I, th I thought they'd be worth money. I thought I could resell them. What do you mean? I mean? Everyone, everyone bought 500 trading cards, right? Didn't every, everyone get that many? And they're like, no, no. The average person just bought one actually. They're like, I just, I just heard the ad and I thought if I didn't get it soon, someone else is going to get it. And I mean, I'm the biggest Trump fan. I mean, I had to, they're like, okay, we got, I'm in a loony band. They're like, okay, got, oh, woo, woo, cool. <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, I thought of a funny skit too, but I don't know if it's really funny or I just thought of it in my head. And, and then I, I was like, people are going to get mad, but it's okay. Um, I wanted to pretend like I was a Trump supporter that only liked Trump because of the grab him by the pussy comment. Cause you know how like the media made a huge deal of that, but like nobody liked Trump because of that. Like everybody liked Trump because of like all the other stuff, but that was just like a uh, locker room talk or whatever. But I want to be like, my name's Dale. 
My name's Dale Junior, 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 Senior, Junior. Uh, I'm a big Trump fan. Uh, I'm an ex-Trump supporter, actually. And uh, the reason is because I actually liked him because he said, grab him by the pussy. You know, when I heard that, I, I knew I had something there. And, and, and then, like, the interviewer would be like, so, Dale, did, did you like, did you want to build a wall? A wall? No, I, I believe in open borders. What are you talking about? I, of course, I don't want to build a wall. I hated that. They're like, did you, um, did you want to move the embassy to Jerusalem? Me? No, I don't care. I'm an American. You know, did you like uh, his economics? Economics? I don't give a shit. I just liked when he said, grab him by the pussy. Something about that just really talked to me. And once he got in, he started doing all this other stuff, talking about economy, talking about foreign policy. And, you know, to me, he didn't deliver on his campaign goals. And it's like an ex-Trump supporter who only liked Trump because he because he wanted to grab him by the pussy. But then as soon as Trump got in, he abandoned Trump because Trump never did that. He just started doing like other, you know, actual policies. And like this guy, that guy got pissed off. You're like, is there anything else that he did? Like you didn't. What about the platinum plan or like, you know, uh, like freedom? Are you into freedom? Freedom. It's whatever. It's all right. You know, but grabbing him by the pussy though, like that. I, I thought he was going to do more of that. When, when he started building the wall, I was like, you're, you're getting away from your original mindset that, that got you there. You know what I'm saying? That's that spoke to me. All that other stuff is, you know, it's whatever. Um, I don't know. I, it'll be funnier when I write it out, but it, that's just me, like my idea. But when I fully write it out, it's going to be funny. But then people will be in the comments and be like, oh, you're mocking Trump supporters. We're not like that. I'm like, no, I'm not saying there's a single Trump supporter like that. That's what makes it funny is I don't think there's even one person like that. But there's got to be like one, just one guy who's got like an old TV that only has 11 channels. You know what I'm saying? He saw Fox, he saw Trump on Fox News like three times between like a Yankee game. And he's just like that right there. That's, that's it. That's all. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, and then I could do, I could do like a liberal that only wants to vote for Trump because he he said his vaccine saved a hundred million lives. Like my name's Chris McDougal, and uh, you know, I, I really was against Trump for a long time, but when he said his vaccine saved a hundred million lives, that that's the same calculation I came up. I have the same calculator that they used to go to the moon landing, but you mysteriously can't go anymore. And uh, you know, I calculated it in, and I came up with that exact number: a hundred million lives. I was yelling at the TV for three years, Fauci. Say the vaccine saved 100 million lives. He never would say it. Bill Gates even. I said, say the vaccine saved 100 million lives. He never would say it. But then Trump one day came on and I said, that guy gets it. So somebody's doing the math. You know, that'd be a funny one too. Someone said, I knew Trump was a legend once he told us how great Mitt Romney and Mitch were and we should vote for them. Dude, it's funny because I come off like such a troll, but in my own head, it's hilarious. Like, um, you know, I, I like I'll always say stuff like that to people. They'll be like, Mitt Romney sucks. And I'm like, Google Trump endorses Mitt Romney. Like Trump, he literally endorsed Mitt Romney. And everyone knew Mitt Romney sucked. Like it wasn't this huge mis mystery, at least not for me, like McCain, Romney, like, ew, you know, like I never liked that. But Trump's like, and then like someone in my comments, they'll be like, you don't understand Anomaly. It's not Trump. It's it's Ronna, Ronna McDaniel. And it's like Trump also endorsed Ronna McDaniel. And they're like, damn it, you're right. You know, like it's like 
It's like the marvel of it. It's like, oh, if we just beat Ron and McDaniel, Trump will really win. It's like, but Trump endorsed her like three times. Like Trump's friends with them. You know, it's like, yeah, but but it ruins the plot in my head. You know, if I can't think that it's different, then what the hell are we going to do to beat the deep state? If I don't believe, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I have this here for my last like, uh, you know, I ha I have this for my last thing. I just like have my I, I got to clean my desk off because I did like Javier Mali. Dude, look at this guy. Like he's like the new I hope he does well. But like, dude, he looks like a cokehead. Like I saw him on stage and like, listen, I do shows. You got to hype the crowd up. But like he was like, he was like, they're like looking at him like Trump. It has more swag than that. Trump will be like, look, Patriots. I did the little dance. I did the dance for you. What more? Ooh, Macarena. Ha. Buy my trading cards. Now it's like, what does he do? Like YMCA? He's like, ding, ding, ding. Dude, it's so funny. And then like grown men are like, oh, oh, they like love it. He's like, ding, 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 Like YMCA is like the gayest song in the world. Literally. I'm not being hateful. It's literally super gay. I like YMCA. I'm not gay. I'm just saying it's like a super gay song. But listen, everybody likes YMCA. It doesn't make you gay to like the YMCA. It's just like funny. Like, Imagine like a, a UFC fighter, like they come out to YMCA. It's just like young men, they're like, need to feel down. And then, uh, but like Javier Mali, when he's on stage, sorry, I don't know why I went on that tangent. Uh, I'm going to have the log cabin Republicans writing a cease and desist soon. They're like, how dare you? How dare you? Um, Mali, like he was on stage and they're like, look at the energy. And I'm like, dude, I like hyped up, but like he looks like coked out of his mind. Like he looks like he, he's on fentanyl. Like he's on stage. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, bro. I mean, I like the thought of it, but he's like, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to give our country to America and then I'm going to fly to Israel and then I'm going to wear a hat on my head and then I'm going to give our bank. I'm going to close the central bank and then I'm going to give it to America. And then we're going to be stuck on the petrodollar. And then I'm going to hang out with Zelensky. And, and everyone's like, based, based, based. And I'm like, I don't know. This guy sounds like he's just giving his country to America, which is a horrible idea. But I wish him the best. I hope it works out. I hope, you know, I hope Milton Friedman's happy somewhere. Like, I don't know what to tell people. I just, I'm just not buying it. I, it's like, you know, and then on my buzzkill. And then everyone's like, oh, here comes Anomaly again to ruin our day. And it's like, dude, the, he's like hugging Zelensky, giving his country to the petrodollar. And like, he looks like he's fentanyled out on stage about to fucking fall asleep. Excuse my language. You know, like running to every foreign country he can go to. It's like, yeah, no, I'm sure that'll work out. I don't know. I hope it does. I'm just, I'm just not buying it. I'm not trying to ruin people's prey. Oh, here we go again. Black pill anomaly ruining my day. If, if, if you can't believe in a cokehead, you know, Zionist, who can you believe in? It's like, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know who, I don't know what to tell you. It's just like, I'm, I'm wishing him luck. I hope he does well. You know, I hope, he makes Argentina great again or something, but I'm just, I'm just personally as a consumer, I'm not buying it. And it's the thing with like Dana Trump and, and Colby Covington. Like I'm not just a news analyst. Like I'm a, I'm a human being just like you pay, 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 Patriots. I, I stumbled on the pay because you should pay me. No, but, um, 
you know, I'm not just a news analyst. Like I'm somebody that likes other people. Like I like sports. I like, you know what I'm saying? I like mixed martial arts. I like real guys going out there saying some real stuff. So it kind of like hurts my soul. Like when I, when Dana partnered with Bud Light, I mean, I was like, whatever, I get it. He's getting money. He wants to revitalize the brand. They're, they used to be an American company, but they're not anymore, but they have jobs. I actually had his back. But then for him to go on Tucker and be like, "You, if you're a patriot, you should be drinking gallons of Bud Light. No one should be drinking gallons of Bud Light. Like, that's not good advice. That's like sellout advice. Now you're just telling a bunch of men, you know, get fat and drunk for me because I made money off them. Like, all right, bro. And then you have like Kobe Covington. Like, dude, I've, you know, my whole life, you know, I got to where I'm at because I don't drink alcohol. And then the next day he's like, you know, I'm always drinking happy dad and partying. But then the last day he said he doesn't party and he doesn't drink alcohol. And I'm not saying he never parties, but it's like, I, it's just sad to me that somebody like, can we, can we do ethical stuff? I mean, can we get our money and can we do a deal with Bud Light without selling people to drink gallons of it? Like you got to do that. You know, like if I'm selling something, gallons, gallons, Patriots, be a Patriot. It's like, it's just, it's like sad because it's like, you know, is there anyone out there? Is there anyone out there, out there, out there, out there, out there? Zakar said, Anomaly has uncurable TDS. TDS, TDS, TDS. What do you mean by that? That, that. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, all right, Zakar, why do you think that? I feel like when people say that to me, they're projecting onto me. They have Trump derangement syndrome. They're like deranged, emotionally attached to them. So then they project onto me and say that I'm deranged because they're going crazy. So they try to say I'm going crazy. But like, why do you think that? Like what? Drink Patriot Bud Light. Drink Patriot Light. Drink beer, Patriots. The only way to beat the deep state is to get fat and get man boobs and and do what I would never do in order to get this successful or rich and, and fit. It's like, okay. I drink sometimes. I'm not a perfect person, but here's the craziest part about it too. Is like, guys, I don't have as much money as Colby Covington. I don't have as much money as Dana White, but I, I don't think I would do that. I don't know. I like to gamble a little bit. Like I like to bet on stuff. I like to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's fun for me, but it's not a good habit. And I'm aware of that. I don't think I would ever sell gambling to people, even though it's something that I actually do from time to time. I just don't think it's an ethical thing to sell. So I think if DraftKings or FanDuel or someone came to me and said, hey, you know, sell this to your audience, I don't think I would do it. And I don't even have that much money. Like, I don't think I would do it. I, I'm, I pretty much would never do that. You know what I'm saying? Especially now that I've said it publicly four times, I'd look like an idiot doing it. But in general, like I've made that decision. Like I wouldn't want to sell gambling on my audience. Like then it's like, okay, what if like 10 of my people that watch me, like, they're like, dude, I, you know, I, I downloaded the app and I just went too far with it. And it's like, yeah, um, I would feel terrible. I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's an unethical thing to do as a leader. Um, and I don't even have that much money. I could benefit on some of these ads. Like I'm turning down small little ads that are good paying just cause I don't believe in the, the ingredients. And then you got like these people with hundreds of millions of dollars, just telling people to drink stuff they never drink. It's like, it's kind of fucked up. Excuse my language. It's kind of fucked up in my opinion. Um, it's kind of sad. I talk to my buddy Bobby sometimes about this too, where it's like all these athletes, right? You got Steph Curry, LeBron James, like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They got all the money in the world. Like, can't, aren't you interested in starting your own company of something that's good? Like even like Logan Paul started prime or something. I, I mean, 
it's just like, you know, you're just selling Subway sandwiches. Like you eat Subway. D do any of you eat Subway? Like any of the athletes selling it? I highly doubt, like say like, I'm not saying LeBron sells it, but like LeBron, it, the reason he's so good is because he's taking such good care of himself. Um, I, I doubt he does a lot of the stuff that he sells, but don't these people feel bad? Like, wouldn't you feel bad being like, here, eat this and drink this soda? And it's like, do you do that? And you're like, oh, hell no, of course not. Like, I, how do you think I became a pro basketball player? I cut that stuff out. That's why I have good blo blood pressure. It's like, so why are you selling that to America? And the people that'll be like, oh, that's fine. Maybe that's why America's so messed up. And, you know, not to get on this high horse again, but when the Republican Party, including Trump, gave $18 billion to the pharmaceutical industry of socialist money, that's such a heartbreaker to me because big pharma is out of control and insane. And when you give them that much power and money, they're going to use it against you, which they obviously did. But that's not surprising. The only people that are surprised are the people that were probably drinking Bud Light when a, when a Republican tells them to or whatever. Because you know, it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the base likes this stuff. They like getting scammed. They like being treated like cattle. And it's sad to me because it's like, dude, these these leaders don't really respect you that much you know like on some ways they're busy but it's like this is america now it's like just make money sell people shit that's why all the commercials are shit all the products are shit everybody's eating shit everybody's rubbing shit all over their bodies like in order to get good stuff you got to be rich or smart now and you know <laughs> rich or smart <laughs> it's like it's not easy because we've made everything and and it's not capitalism it's not because of the free market it's because we're just getting scammed and we're being lied to and our leaders are failing us. And like, when I say stuff like that, people don't care. It's like, who cares about our food? We just care about the guy. It's like, well, that's the problem. You look up to a guy, not your own, on the plate in front of you, you know, and nobody's perfect. I'm just saying like, it's become so normalized to scam people. It's like, that's fine. Not really though. It should, it should be frowned upon. Like, you know, it should be frowned upon to scam your own people. And, and that's, it's a, it's an American, pro, it's a world problem. But in America, I feel like that because of maybe demographics, diversity, the media, I don't know what it is, the, the lack of uh, integrating, like they used to, you know, people used to, what's it called, assimilate. And everybody used to come to America and be America. Now, you know, left, right, this, that, we don't really have a lot of things that unite us. And it feels like people don't care about each other, which is insane because you shouldn't want to scam anybody. It doesn't matter if it's your country or not. I can't relate to what's going on because I wouldn't want to scam anybody of any race, religion, or gender, or whatever. But in other countries, like, do you think in Kazakhstan, their top athletes are running around selling each other poison? Like, dude, they, they would be shamed out of their country for doing that. Like, they, they probably don't do that at all. You know, it's like, it's like in a, I'm not saying it doesn't happen all over the world, but here it's just so normalized to be such a scammer. It's like, yeah, that's just what we do. We all sell vaccines and subway sandwiches and car insurance. And you know what I'm saying? Like pharmaceutical pills and depression pills. And like, you know, that's just what we do. And we sell alcohol when we don't drink it ourselves. And, you know, and we tell people to drink gallons of it. And it's like, it's so sad. Like we, to make America great again, we need great men that are good leaders, you know? And that's the one thing that really ticks me off about what's going on. I talked to it a little bit with Jim, but I want to talk to people more transparently because, you know, in the world, there's something called gatekeepers and I'm not playing excuses. I don't, nothing like nobody's stopping me from doing anything. I'm not, I'm not using it as an excuse at all. Life is good. Every, my, you know, 
things are, my life is the, I would say some of the choices I've made. So I'm not using an excuse, but there are gatekeepers, right? And I know for a fact, just from talking to people and stuff, that there are certain people that see what I'm doing and see like the essence of what I'm doing. And it, but it's not just an essence. Like for me, it's not a sales pitch. It's not like I'm being authentic, trademark, trademark, authentic. Let's sell authentic t-shirts, but let's not really do it. It's like, no, sell the shirts, but also be it. Where I feel like people are trying to like do that. Like I'm a patriot. I'm authentic. I'm I'm doing what not that that's cool. What anomaly is doing? What if I packaged it and made millions of dollars off it, but never actually did it? And that's what's going on. And it bothers me not because people are going past me. I don't care. Like I'm not competing with people if they're ethical and good. But I do feel like that there's certain entities out there that they're like, let me do what he's doing, and we'll put someone kind of like him there but somebody that won't actually do it. So then I get annoyed. It's like, if you surpass me and you get to places I don't, and you get huge and you're all over the place telling everybody, but you're ethical, I'm boosting you. I'm like, crush it, go be a leader. I don't need competition. My life is good. But if you're gonna just like suck the soul out of what I'm doing and be like, all right, let's do it like that, but then not actually be a good person. And let's just pretend like we are to everybody else. And, and let's capture his market by putting that there. And then we'll run ads at these people that's when I get kind of pissed off. Cause it's like, I know, and I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say stuff, but I already know multiple people that have told me you are who inspired me to do this. You're why I'm here. Your video is why I made this video. This is why I did this. Like, I'm not just saying this to be cocky. People have literally told me, but then when I see some of those people two years, three years down the road and I see how they're doing it. And it's like, did you ever do this because it was the right thing to do? Were you doing this because you were inspired by the truth and the ethics and like just being the change you wanted to see in the country? Or did you see that I had a big audience and did you see that what I was doing was working and you realized that this was the new wave? Like I'm going to do that because that has a bigger audience than what I'm doing, but I'm not going to actually like care. And it's like once they did it and got the attention from doing what I'm doing, then they just go to donor things and then they sell out and then they have bad opinions and then they... They become just like a, a corporate political stooge where it's like they're just showing up to network. They're just showing up to save face and to get places and to, you know, ride the coattails of whoever's in power. And, and it's like that annoys me more than anything because I want I've always boosted people up because I want more people to just be real. And no one's going to agree on everything. I'm not asking people to be exactly like me, but I do think that they do certain stuff like that. It's the same way in the music industry. Sometimes producers will hear a sick beat and they're like, okay, remake that beat, but do it so we don't have to pay them. Like this is common practice in hip hop. I've never liked it. I don't like to do it because I feel like it's super shady, but it's like, okay, that song, make that beat just change the note a second, do it like this, do it like this. And then we're going to just basically copy that person's art, but without having to pay them for it. Like that's a very common practice. I think it happens in politics too. They're like, let me take that and then do it, but not actually do it. And it's like, if you take, it's like taking a song about like Jesus and then taking all the elements of the song, but then putting it on the radio and it goes number one. And it's about the devil. You know, it's like you took the beat, you took the melody, you took the flow, you took the style, you took the genre, and then you took the holiness out of the message and made it like satanic. Like, you know, it's not that drastic, but I do think that that's kind of happening 
in uh i'm sure that happens in movies and stuff too where you like give somebody a movie plot and they're like yeah that sucks get out of here and then you leave and they're like okay let's redo that and not pay that person like it's like this real like a uh, cloning of uh you know like doing what works but not actually um having the message there so in politics it's like I just want people to see when people sell out. I don't want them to like abandon people or anything. I like Dana White. I still like Kobe Covington. I still like Trump in some ways, but honestly, I like him less than those two, to be honest. He annoys me. But in general, it's like I want people to see it and then just like call it out and, you know, make sure that everybody knows that we have a line. You know, it's like, all right, well, here's our line. Um, we'll support you. We'll show you love. We'll pay you. We'll go to your shows. But just don't be a sellout because if you sell out, then what's really the difference? You put an American flag on it. You put a cowboy hat on it. Like, you know, that's what they, they look at us that way. And I'm not saying like they, I, I like Dana. I just I think he's just being a salesman. It's it's like with Trump, too. Like, I like Trump. I like Dana White. I like Kobe Covington. But they're all salesmen. They're Like, if you could rank it, right? Like, what are you? Like, for me, I, I say I do hip hop artists, news analysis. But my number one goal is I want to be honest. I want to be helpful. I don't want to sacrifice that for anything else. Money, power, I won't do it. I'm, I'm not saying I do a perfect job, but it's like, that's the most important to me. My actual integrity, my actual uh, reputation, not what other people say about me, but who I really am. And that supersedes. Colby, Trump, and Dana, they're all good people, in, I think, you know, but their number one goal is not that. Like, at the end of the day, um, you know, Dana White's a businessman. Trump's a businessman. Colby Co Covington, they're all like businessmen. But it's like they'll sell you something horrible, not all the time. Most of the time they'll sell you good stuff. But it's like, you know, Trump, will, he's a businessman over an ethical guy. So it's like I'll take money from Pfizer and I'll hire the pharmaceutical industry and I'll hire lobbyists to run our government, even though I know that that's not like what someone who wants to drain the swamp would do. But I'll do it because I'm a businessman before I'm like a leader for the American people. I'm, I'm a businessman first. And all business is not good. People will say, oh, that's a businessman. A businessman could sell the country to China. That's business. A businessman could sell the country to Saudi Arabia or Israel. That's business. A businessman could sell the country to Pfizer. That's business. A businessman could sell our country to another country, another corporation, another donor, another political party. All business is not good business. The, like People got to get out of this mindset of like, oh, well, it's just business. It's like, well, the business is scamming you. And if you don't care, then you deserve it. It's like, you know, so I think that that's what's going on, um, which is okay, I guess. It's not who I am, but other people are different. It's just we need to be able to like identify it and call it out, especially in politics. Dana White, not the biggest deal. He's just like, drink gallons of Bud Light. I did a thing. They're American, like just overselling it, right? It's, I mean, honestly, that's a really good analogy with Colby, Trump, and Dana because they're all masters of like overselling, right? And if you oversell a good product, it's not a big deal. But if you're overselling like a vaccine, you know, like now, you know, in my view, I'm not going to say what I really think, but about that vaccine, I don't think it's as bad as like everybody was necessarily saying, but I don't think it saved. Uh, I, I don't think it's a, a great product. I'm just going to be honest. But uh, in general, Trump's like, I'm Trump and I don't believe this, but I'm a salesman. So what does a salesman do? He takes this product that, in my opinion, 
was was one of the worst things he does and he tries to make it seem like it's one of the best things he does to me that's evil to me that's insane to me that completely ruins your credibility what dana did not as big of a deal what kobe did honestly i think is a bigger deal than what dana did because kobe said that he almost ruined his life because of alcohol and he's never drinking drunk since and then he says he's drinking alcohol with a happy dad like i think that's actually super messed up you know because it's like you you changed your whole life around from getting it would be like me saying you know, I, I, I almost lost all my money gambling and I haven't gambled in 20 years. And the whole reason I, I'm so successful is because I never gambled again. And then tomorrow I'm, I'm in a, uh, a, a gambling ad and I'm like, I gamble all the time, but I don't really gamble. I'm just saying it. So I like, that's super fucked up. Like, I think that that's like crazy evil, um, you know? And it's like, this is, this is what our leaders are doing, you know? And everyone's like, well, it's just business. It's like, you're fine with that? I don't know. To me, that rubs me the wrong way. It's like, it's not like, oh, I hate you forever. But it's like, I, you know, Colby is an entertainer. I like Colby fighting. I think he's, he's 100% business, 100% entertainment, 100% fighter, you know, and ethics are like, you know, way down the line. He'll do whatever he can to sell a fight. He'll do whatever he can to sell a business, um, you know, and he also does some good stuff too. With Dana, I think he's a good guy, um, but he is a businessman before other things. But I don't think it's that far away. Like, I think he is ethical. I just think, you know, money talks at the end of the day. I'll give you an example with Dana because I'm, I'm a huge Dana White fan. I still like him. I, you know, and nope, like he does so much stuff. He talks so much. I'm not going to nitpick it, but I will say, like, if you're with the business, Dana got has your back. Like, if you leave the business, he'll say things he doesn't really mean just to protect his business. Like Francis Ngannou, I'll give you guys a quick story. He was this uh, heavyweight champion. He left the UFC because he wanted to go get more money elsewhere. When Francis was in the UFC, or I'm sorry, when Francis was out, outside the UFC, Dana said, who wants to see Francis fight Tyson Fury? That's a gimmick fight. He's not a real fighter. That's a gimmick fight. No one wants to see that. Like Connor did it, but you know he shouldn't do it. But then Dana tried to steal the fight for one of his fighters and say, oh, Francis... Yeah, or, or Tyson Fury should fight uh, John Jones. So it's like one week he's saying it's a total gimmick fight. Nobody wants to see it. But he's only saying that because Francis left his business. John Jones is in the business. So he's doing the same thing he says he thinks is a gimmick for his business. I'm not mad at it, I, but he's a businessman. It's like, you know, 95, 99% of what Dana says is true. He's one of the realest people. I still love listening to his press conferences. But there will be times where it's not true because he's just like all business and, you know, sometimes that comes second fiddle with Trump. You know, I, I don't know who he is anymore because it's like. If you're going to say things you don't believe because you did business, but your base can't even figure it out, then it's like, who are you really? Like, I don't I don't get it. You know, like how how much do you care about anything? And I've come to the conclusion with Trump just based off of listening to him and stuff. I don't think he has that many principles like the guiding principle in Trump's life, it seems to be Trump. You know, like I think a good leader is willing to like like a good quarterback, he, he'll he'll risk his life for his team. He'll 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 risk it all to win. You know what I'm saying? Like you sacrifice for your brothers. That's like a George Washington type vibe. Trump, I don't think he's that way at all. I think if if there were the option of like sacrifice yourself for the country or throw a thousand of your you know, supporters into a burning fire pit to hell just to get a million dollars from Pfizer. Like, I think Trump would do the second thing. Like, I don't think, I think he sold people on this idea that he's some sacrificing like leader that loves everybody. But I think 
his whole driving ambition to be the president again is all for himself. Like when you listen to him talk, he doesn't even care when he's wrong because it's about him. Like, yeah, DeSantis told the truth about me, but it, he's not loyal because my vaccine saved 100 million lives. And if you're loyal, you just shut the hell up about that and come to Mar-a-Lago. You don't call it out. You don't you don't say that I messed up during the lockdown or anything like that. Like that's unloyal. So it's like the loyalty is not to the country. It's not to the constitution. It's not to capitalism. It's not to the free market. It's not to conservative values. The loyalty is to Trump. It's the Trump show. It's Trump world. He cares about himself. And what are his values? It, it doesn't, it depends. Like, is he at a pro-life rally? He's pro-life. Is he on MSNBC? He's pro-choice. As uh, you, you know, is he, is he skeptical of vaccines? He was before he got into office. Um, once he got a million dollars from Pfizer, now he's not. And now he hires the pharmaceutical industry and he'll never talk about the VAERS reporting because VAERS reporting would make him look bad because he's the father of the vaccine. So he just says that his vaccine saved hundred million lives. You get what I'm saying? Like, I think that there's levels to all three of them. Like Colby's an entertainer and kind of like a WWE character, but he could really fight. And he's just trying to sell his fight and play a character. And everyone knows that, you know, but he's also, but then it's like, all right, cool. Dana, I think is the realest one out of all of them, but is also a promoter and a businessman. Trump, I feel like he's just like an actor, you know, I feel like he's just like, I'll be who they want me to be. But what, like, what are your, what are your guiding principles? For example, like DeSantis, he might win or lose an election off of it. Right. And not everyone cares about it, but when he talks about pro-life stuff and he talks about certain things, you, you could tell like, all right, that DeSantis believes that, you know, like I'm not saying he's perfect, but it's like, he has values. Like DeSantis will talk about the schools and like what they're doing to kids for five minutes. You could feel the passion. You're like, DeSantis cares about this. He's an ideologue. Trump, he, he's not an ideologue. It could be good or bad, but it's like, what does he believe? Like, I don't think he cares about pro-life or pro-choice. I don't think he cares about babies or kids or, you know, like that's not a thing. Like, it's not like he has like a Christian pro-life, like it's just like, nah, whatever, you know, with like the kids in the school stuff, like he'll talk about it sometimes, but like, it doesn't sound like when DeSantis talks about it, DeSantis is like, this is what they're doing in the schools. This is messed up. This is crazy that you're doing it. Trump. It's like a clown show. It's like, uh, you know, like he doesn't have conviction. He doesn't have passion about these topics because he's not an ideologue. Some people like that. Some people don't, but it's just interesting where it's like, if, if you hear me talk about like, the, the the meat industry and the quality of our food you could tell that i'm passionate i'm not reading a script i'm not just making a joke it's like i believe that we are being slowly whittled down by very bad people that have been selfish and greedy and trying to really subvert us and i want my people the american citizens and the world to eat better quality food so it's like i could rant about that for 10 minutes you could feel it there's not very many topics that trump really has that vibe like pretty much never when he talks about himself he'll do 15 minutes about how alvin bragg and they hate him and like he's very selfish you know so i just kind of see it that way i call it like i see it and then i believe that the solution for those who will ask is that people need to identify this and like if you know if i tell you that my principles are number one and then I start selling a bunch of shit that I don't even believe in. You're allowed to come to me and be like, yo, you told me that that's who you were, but I can see that that's not who you are. And I don't like that. You're allowed to feel that way. With Trump, people just pretend like he's that person, but he's not that person. He proves that he's not that person, but nobody wants to say he's not that person because the whole world that he's created is pretending like he is the person that everybody knows he's not, or they don't know that he's not because they don't want to even think about it. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, 
people are going to keep getting it if they keep buying what's being sold. He's a salesman. He'll like he'll sell a vaccine that everybody knows is not what he said it was and he'll sell it like it saved the whole planet and saved 100 million lives. At that point, you shouldn't trust him at all. Like the fact that so many people trust him. If I came out here and I said, "Hey, you know all that uh pharmaceutical criticism and reporting I've done all over the year?" Yeah, well, forget that. I just got money from the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, my vaccine saved the whole world. It saved 100 million lives. It's the greatest human achievement. Like, you'd be insane if you still trusted me. Like, you'd be literally insane. If you were like, yo, I still trust Anomaly. It's like, why? Why would you trust me after that? Why did the people trust Trump after that? It, it's just as insane. It's just he's like a cartoon character that's been engraved into their heads. And uh, it's just like you could make fun of the left for being brainwashed or these people for being brainwashed. The Republican Party is being brainwashed too. It's just like a different false paradigm where it's five years of narratives and Kardashian plots and left versus right and the deep state versus him that people can't see through it and look at the evidence. Like, well, he hired him. He took money from them. He doesn't, and like completely unapologetically, it's not like he's like, yo, I got tricked. The pharmaceutical industry surrounded me. It's like, he's lying for them. He's working with them. He's telling you all this stuff. He's like, I think it's great. My Democrat friends told me, I hang out with Lindsey Graham. You know what I'm saying? It saved 100 million lives. It's it's a great human achievement, and no everyone knows that that's not true. But nobody says anything. It's it's like it's just as crazy as you trusting me. If I sat here and started saying all that stuff, like I'm not asking you to be like, oh, trust me, but not like you shouldn't trust me if I did all the things that he did. But the fact that people still do, it comes down to like this. Uh, I would say like conditioning of like well if it's not biden then who it's like if it's not tom then it must be jerry it's like you know it's like very cartoony very uh very like if it's not left then it must be right it's like no you know that's not how it works at all all right five hundred dollar fine he said you've been captured i'll get, i'll open the floor to you because i haven't been captured let me say what i'm gonna say five hundred dollar guy or whatever your name is and then i want you to say whatever you want okay and i'll read your comment when I point out that Trump ran, this is this is the truth, by the way. You can look all this up. I have videos on it. Trump ran under the premise that he'd never be captured. He'd never be compromised. He wouldn't take their money and he'd never sell out, right? I like that. You like that. Who didn't like that besides liberals? Trump lied. He took hundreds of millions of dollars from corporations. He took hundreds of millions of, millions of dollars from mega donors. This is all searchable, by the way. And once he took the money, he hired the swamp because he took the money for the gigs, just like everybody else does. So when I point out that Trump got captured, people project onto me and say that I've been captured. So now that I've pointed out, you can look up all that stuff. He took money. He hired the swamp. He took, I never took a million dollars from Pfizer. Trump did. He's not much better. He's worse than Travis Kelsey. Trump is worse than Travis Kelsey, but people are like, Travis Kelsey sucks. He sells the vaccine. He's a sellout. Now I'm at a Trump rally. Trump, Trump is a bigger vaccine salesman than Travis Kelsey. What are you talking about? He's the one who bought 100 million doses with taxpayer money in a socialist scheme. So now that you know all that, who do you think captured me to say all this stuff? Who do you think paid me? Like, who's capturing me? What? Who wants this message to be out there? Um, I'm just curious. I'll put it up. I'll wait for your answer. It's just projection. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to read. Kyle said, I don't trust Trump, but who, who do we got? Well, we've already addressed that 15 times. I'm not asking you to Trump Biden. It's, it's not Tom and Jerry. Like, you know, take the information, use it, 
or, or lie to yourself and live a lie and be dumb. I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you know that all this is true, I'm not asking you to vote for Biden. I'm not asking you to trust Biden, but it's like, if all that's true, why would you lie to yourself and pretend like it's not just because there's two options and it's easier to think that one totally has your back? I don't, I don't see like the dynamic to it. Let me see real quick. Did he ever comment? I'm going to read it. I don't care. Um, I'll wait. Okay. $500 fine said, I agree with you. Trump captured his base and sold them out. Not necessarily you and Emily. Okay. I, I didn't mean to be upset. It's just like people always say that when I point that out, they're like, someone paid you to say that. Like if, if someone else got paid, I got paid to point that out. Sure. Um, let's see. What if you're all bots said mad alien Tudo? It's a crazy name. I don't know what that means. Hopefully it's not like a bad word in another country. Could get in trouble for stuff like that. Someone said I'd vote for Sank Uger over Nikki Haley. That, that's a terrible election. Could you imagine Sank Uger versus Nikki Haley? It's like, can I just take a nap? Do I really have to be be here for this? Someone said that's one good thing Trump's presidency did. It opened many people's eyes to the government corruption. I agree, but it's like if you know, if you wake up just to go back to sleep, then what did it do? I, I want to address this real quick because like everybody likes something else right about trump but for me personally before i liked him i already knew the media was fake right i always disliked the media i wrote songs about it when i was 19 years old how the media controlled everybody um i liked trump because he said that trump didn't tell me government was corrupt i knew government was corrupt and i'm not saying you didn't but i just let, let me get through it and then i'll get to it i'm not trying to be condescending i'm just telling my story first i knew the government was corrupt Trump didn't tell me that. He, I just thought he was going to be the guy to, to change it, right? I knew the media was fake and corrupt. Trump didn't tell me that. He was just the guy who said the truth, which made me like him. So it's like, I'm not personally for me. I don't have like, I need to be loyal to Trump for the rest of my life because he, he told me these things I never knew. I already knew them. I liked Ron Paul before Trump was even like a political thing. I liked Ron Paul. I, I dropped his name in a song when I was like 21 years old. So it's like Trump was taking all this energy of like the media is corrupt, the deep state sucks. With that being said, it's like if he told everybody that the, 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 the government was corrupt, but he didn't fix it, how is that like, who cares? You know, like, I, but I understand millions of people, especially the older generation, they didn't know the media was lying. They didn't know both parties were fake. They didn't know how bad the government was. But it's like talking about it's just uh, what like I don't know like it. It's only impressive if he actually fixes it. If he tells everyone the government's corrupt, so follow me, and then he doesn't fix it. He's just a Pied Piper controlled opposition where he identifies the problem, sucks in all the people, gets you to march in a direction with him, and then and then takes you away from anyone else who would actually fix it. So it's like I don't really see that as that great unless he actually fixes the problem. Um, you know, I don't. And, and I, I disagree with that as well with certain people. Well, they'll, they'll say he didn't know how deep the swamp was the first time. That's what you tell yourself because that you're trying to rationalize why it went wrong. But it's like you don't think Donald Trump knew how bad the government was. He used to hang out with Epstein. He used to pay Hillary Clinton. He used to be friends with all these people. He was in his 70s and he's lived in New York and been rich his whole life around politicians for 60 years. 
You don't think Donald Trump knew how corrupt politics was? Really? Like, that's a crazy, like, uh, you know, that's like a mainstream thought in MAGA world now. Like, you know, the reason he just didn't know how deep it was. Really? I did at 21 years old, but he didn't know that. I mean, maybe, but seems pretty unlikely. Someone said he did not hang out with Jeffrey Epstein. He absolutely did hang out with Jeffrey Epstein. There's multiple pictures and videos of him dancing next to him and whispering to him. It's a fact that he hung out with Jeffrey Epstein. Am I saying they were best friends? No. Am I saying that he's in on it? I didn't say that. But he definitely hung out with him way more than one time. And Ghislaine Maxwell. There's more pictures of those two than a lot of people that I've known for 20 years. I'm just saying. Um, he knows them very well. But if you want to tell yourself that he doesn't, that's fine. That's kind of on brand for what's going on in, in his base now. Um, uh, Greg MC with the super chat said, Trump isn't honest. It's dishonest chess. He seems to be sacrificing his vanity to be pro-America, anti-globalist though. He's taken a lot of arrows for sure. I mean, there's no reason at this point for him not to like get the job done, but you know, it comes down to this, like, why doesn't Boris Johnson get the job done in, in England? There's multiple things. One, Boris Johnson's a puppet. He never was. Uh, two, here's the tough one for people to think when it comes to Trump. But like, let's just say with like Piers Morgan or Boris Johnson or whoever, like, like maybe they don't want to get the job done. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe what you think they're going to do and what they say they're going to do and what they're actually there for are two different things. So with Trump, it's like, you know, he has the makings to do so much if he wanted to. But if you look at his term, it doesn't seem like he wanted to do any of these things. It seemed like he wanted to say them, do a few things, but mostly just carry out the agenda of the people who run the show. Like COVID kind of proved that. It's like it was very obvious for a long time that we had made a mistake for locking down. But Trump's not in the business of ever saying he made a mistake. So instead, he started running around telling other countries to shut down. That's, that's not anti-globalist. That's not anti-establishment. Trump was like the perfect puppet during COVID. He, he didn't do anything. So it's like, you know, he talked about alternate medications until the vaccine came out, and then he never talked about them again. If he truly believed about those alternate medications, I'll give you another one too. If he believed in those alternate medications, he would have been still talking about them like Peter McCullough. Peter McCullough believes him. He still talks about him. Dr. Robert Malone believes it. He still talks about it. How come Trump talked about alternate meds for a month and then never talked about him again? Because Trump is a politician. Before the vaccine comes out, the less people that die, the better it looks for Trump. Trump doesn't want people to die because they're blaming him for all the deaths. So he wants people to take alternate medications. Once the vaccine came out, there's something in the PrEP Act that says, and, and other bills, I believe, I think it's the EUA, Emergency Use Authorization, if there's any medications that work, then you're not allowed to emergency use authorization a vaccine past its normal testing or past its normal FDA certification. So in order for that vaccine to work, there can't be other medication to work or else it's not legal. So as soon as Trump got the vaccine done, he never mentioned the alternate medications again. What has he mentioned over the last 20, 50 you know, television appearances? He talks about his vaccine. He never talks about those other two medications because he never gave a shit. If he gave a shit, he'd still be talking about him like Peter McCullough. He never cared. He's a politician. He said what he had to say. And then when the vaccine came out, he turned into the perfect little puppet. 
you know, so now you could talk about and say, did he not know how deep the swamp was? Maybe. Did he make a mistake? Maybe. But usually when you make a mistake, you admit you made a mistake. You're not going to say, I saved the world with my vaccine. Like he's, he's, he doesn't care about you. Like he's telling you every time he's on television, like, I don't care about you. I, I'm going to keep saying the same thing and people clap. So it's like, you know, people hope and I hope that he gets the job done, but I'm personally not convinced based on the data that he's given. I don't think that he gives a shit. Like I, you know, he should get it done. He has all the makings to get it done. He's made all the mistakes to get it done. But then that's going off of the premise that he actually is who people want him to be. And he is who they think he is. And he actually wants to do it. Like, to me, he's the ultimate politician because he's a businessman and he knows how to just tell you things that you want to hear. Like, his whole base thinks he's against Bill Gates. Like, oh, Bill Gates is buying farmland. Bill Gates is corrupt. His whole base doesn't like Bill Gates. Trump is friends with Bill Gates. Trump said before he got into office that he thinks that they should open up everybody's iPhone because of a terrorist and just completely destroy our privacy. And Trump said that he was going to talk to Bill Gates about closing the internet. Trump knows Bill Gates. Trump met with Bill Gates. Trump passed an executive order that Bill Gates told him about in a meeting. Like in your head, in MAGA world, it's Trump versus Bill Gates. I mean, it's about as real as like Rey Mysterio versus, you know, Hulk Hogan or whatever. You know, like it's MAGA's all fake. You know, it's like WWE wrestling that's so obviously not real at this point that it's laughable. But I'm the crazy one because I figured it out three years ago and nobody wants to talk about it. It's like, all these little plots in your head of like him fighting the deep state, he he's working with them. You know what I'm saying? Like he's friends with them. He knows them. He's just balancing the books. Tell the Republicans what they want to hear. Tell the Patriots and your supporters what they want to hear. It's so obvious. You know, it's like Lindsey Graham sucks, yet he's been on a stage more times than any Trump supporter. Think about the biggest Trump supporter in the world, right? His most loyal bootlickers, right? Have they been on the stage as much as Lindsey Graham has this year? No, that's isn't that a little weird? Like if I had all the money in the world and I went on tour and I got to pick who I went on tour with, don't you think I'd pick bands that I actually liked? Trump likes Lindsey Graham. He doesn't like you. He just is mocking you to your face. Like how come DC Drano hasn't been out of speeches three times? How come the typical liberal guy hasn't been there? How come any of his supporters haven't spoken as much as Lindsey Graham? How many rallies has Lindsey Graham spoken at? One, two, three? I think three max, two minimum. Most of his biggest supporters don't even speak it that much. Why? Why is he sharing the stage with Lindsey Graham, architect of the conflict and overseas? Like, because that's who he is. Why is he still saying that his vaccine saved 100 million lives? Because that's who he is. He's mocking you to your face. He's like, Are you stupid? Are you cattle? Are you sheep? Are you this dumb? Are you this weak? And most people say, Sir, yes, sir, I am. Why? Because I don't like Biden. Okay. What about Biden? It's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it's like a stress test to see how dumb people are and weak people are and people are failing with flying colors, you know, and it's sad. It's insulting me as like a man. It's like, you know, it's like going out to a bar and someone like talking trash to your girl and, and spitting on you or something. Like, are you a pussy? You know what I'm saying? You're just going to sit there and take it like a little boy. You know, that's like his base. It's like, you're just sitting there and taking it like little kids. It's embarrassing. Like any grown man should have something to say about it. But, you know, he surrounds himself with yes men and rich people that don't think that much. They just golf and, you know, people who want to be in politics. And it's, it's sad to me because, you know, I like this movement. It's just like, 
why are people accepting this? It's just, it's like a humiliation ritual. Like how, you know, how much they, they got to be taking data on this. Like, all right, we can do this and they can do this. We can do this and they can do this. Um, someone said, I only voted for him because I knew he's a politician and he'll say whatever the base is saying. Well, that's why I'm trying to like inject some realness into the base too. Cause it's like, you know, if everyone's just going along with it, then he might like, I believe that there are ways to get him to do more stuff. If people actually cared, um, it's going to be interesting. And I'll say this too. I don't get that upset anymore. Can you buy the grass on the wall? Yeah. It's a $10,000 a square. Hit me up, Joe. But, uh, in general, it's like patience is a virtue. And at the end of the day, what's meant to be will be. So for example, like Four months ago, you never could have assumed that like liberals are going to be yelling at Zionists on college campuses and they're and, and like the corporations and the and the donors are going to be at odds for the first time and CNN is going to be on the side of like Mark Levitt. Like you could have never assumed that that was going to happen, but it just happened because over time, a lot of lies and a lot of nonsense just breaks down. And when it breaks down, you get like weird proxy wars of two groups that are yelling at each other over a conflict that didn't even exist three months ago. So long story short, I mean, it existed, but it wasn't as drastic. It's like what's meant to be will be. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll find out like what Trump does. Like, I'll crack up hysterically if like he he says like Nikki Haley's his vice president. I don't think he's gonna do that, but I guarantee you, I'm not gonna guarantee, but my bet, Trump's gonna pick a woman. Why do I think Trump's gonna pick a woman for his vice president? Because I believe he said he wants to pick a woman because the Republicans are just liberals. They're virtue signaling, discriminating liberals who pretend to be conservatives. Oh, look, the liberals only want to get people by gender and race. So we're going to get people to, to, to like by gender race. Joe said your videos age like gold. I, I'm not bragging, but watch every video I made during the pandemic and find me one that didn't age properly. And then go find other any other conservative influencer and all of their stuff aged like toilet paper because it's just like culty gargle, like low IQ, 40 IQ, you know, team sports, like drool, mouth drool. Like all my all my videos age tremendously because I don't lie and I do good reporting that stands the test of time. But in general, um, anyway, what was I saying before that? Sorry, I got kind of off. Oh, with his vice president, it's like the the... Republicans spend all this time and say, oh, the left only wants to hire women. Oh, the left only wants to hire people because of their race. And they do the same bullshit. They're literally controlled opposition. It's like I despise them in many ways more than I despise the left. The left does it and says they do it. The right says they're fighting it and then they do it. They're all controlled opposition, including Trump or whatever. It's like, okay, so he's already said multiple times he's going to hire a woman. So if I could bet, I would bet that Trump hires a woman because he already said he wants to hire a woman. And why in the world would you say what gender you're going to hire if you're going to hire them based on the content of their character? Because the, the Republican Party doesn't hire people based on the content of their character. That's why Trump hired Mitch McConnell's wife and pharmaceutical lobbyist because he's a sellout just like everyone else. So it's like, okay, what woman is Trump going to choose since he's probably going to choose a woman because he said it multiple times? Uh, probably not Kim Reynolds. I think she endorsed uh, DeSantis. So it's going to come down to Christy Nome or uh, what's her name? The, the one who was a liberal, like, what's the liberal lady's name that voted for Hillary Clinton? That was like a radio host that like carpet, she cleans the carpet for Trump. Why can't I think of her name? She, you know, she vacuums for Trump. She was a liberal Hillary Clinton voter. Um, 
no, not Lindsey Graham. What the hell is her name? I haven't thought of her in a while. She's like one of the most popular women in MAGA right now. What's her name? Oh, Carrie Lake. Yeah. It's going to be Carrie Lake. Um, Christy Noam, probably. I don't think Trump would pick Nikki Haley. That would be insane. But I would laugh. Maybe Tulsi Gabbard, someone said. It's going to be like one of those chicks. To me, the best one would be uh, probably Christy Noam. I think Christy Noam, she kept her state open during uh, lockdowns. I think that should elevate her to that position. Um, Carrie Lake would be like really good for the base, really bad for the general election. Um, Nikki Haley would be good for the donor class and nobody else uh, in a foreign country. Um, the other, you know, but it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I would laugh hysterically if he like, I don't want him to pick Nikki Haley, but I almost do just so I could like laugh. And everyone's like, like, where did that come from? It's like, have you ignored the last four years? You know, like who's this cabinet going to be? That's when, if slash when he wins, everybody has to be on his ass, obviously peacefully and respectfully, but like his cabinet's everything. Last time, who'd he hire for Secretary of State? Mike Pompeo, former CIA. Who did he hire for FBI, HHS? F that's where all that's that's going to be his administration. So if he if he hires Mitch McConnell's wife again, MAGA has to be like, no, you know, no, you can't just be like, yeah, because like I don't even I can't even think of three good people that are around him. Honestly, I like Vivek more than I like any of these people. And Vivek is like a former pharmaceutical CEO who has like a record breaking IPAO or whatever, like, you know, that just crashed to the ground. Like, it's like, that's the best guy, you know, it's like, that's the most trustworthy guy in our party, but whatever. Um, I just hope he picks good people. Um, and if he doesn't, everyone needs to call it out. Everyone needs to point it out and talk about it and point and, and not be like, yeah, like, no. His administration is going to be who he hires. If he hires another pharmaceutical lobbyist for HHS, we're going to get scammed. If he hires a scumbag for FDA, we're screwed. If he hires another, you know, swamp guy for secretary of state, I mean, Trump is going to probably try to start a war with Iran. I don't know. Maybe he can finesse it, but uh, we'll see. Someone said you're wrong about Vivek. I bet he'd sit down and talk to you. I've already talked to him. He's already he's already talked to me. So what am I wrong about? I just said I like him more than most people around Trump. Um someone said I'm calling you out on Dana. Aaron, sure. What do you what what do you disagree with? I like Dana. I'm a huge Dana fan. I just I just you know what? This is like competition. I'm an athlete. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Dana's a huge guy, but like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no small fry either. It's just man to man. It's like, stop scamming America. Okay. Stop telling men to drink the gallons of beer. Like that's corny. The bone broth thing. I like that. That was inspiring, but it's like, you know, just stop, you know, let's, let's inspire guys to get strong and big, not drink gallons of beer. Um, I still like him. I'm just, I, I think people are just getting too. They're just getting too comfortable, like looking at everyone like, nah, go do stuff I would never do. Like, no, you know? Yeah. I, same with Trump. It's like, come on, dude. Someone said at first Vivek sounds good, but something about him I don't like. I feel like, I don't know if Chris Christie watches my YouTube channel. If you do, what's up, Chris Christie? You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say anything mean. Everybody's already been mean to you. But I feel like Chris Christie watches my videos because he used two things that I said. 
and I'm not saying I, I made everything up, but I was the first one to call Vivek conservative chat GPT. I said it, then DC Drano started saying it. I created that nickname, just like Trump. Trump is a tastemaker. He makes up names, lying Ted. DeSanctimonious is the stupidest name, by the way. That's such a dumb nickname, but his other ones are funny. I made up chat GPT. I said, Vivek is conservative chat GPT. He just calculates what everybody wants to hear, and then he says it. And then Chris Christie said it on the, on the debate. First, DC Drano copied me and said it, which is fine. I don't care. I like him although we disagree on some stuff. But then Chris Christie's like, oh, he's chat GPT. He's Obama. It's like, what, did you just watch my video, bro? He just literally took my speech and said it about Vivek. I'm like, there's no way that Chris Christie organically said Vivek is conservative chat GPT and a fake Obama. Like, there's no way he just came up with that. If he just said like an Obama, sure. But saying conservative chat GPT, who, come on, no one else was saying that. But uh, in general, He's an interesting guy. He says all the right stuff. When I debated him, I wish I had more time because it was fascinating. It was like, he's so he's so crafty. Like, you got to, like, there's a reason Vivek made a lot of money. There's a reason Trump made a lot of money. These are high-level people. You know, you got to respect them. But it's like, when he was on Drano and uh, Candace Owens' show, he, he goes to them. He goes, you know, they're like, why did you say that Trump was lying about the election in your book that you wrote last year? And he's like, did you guys read that chapter, that whole chapter? And they go, no. And he goes, it was satire. It was, it was satire. I, I, I didn't say that. And, and, and they let it go because they never read his book. So if you watch the debate with me and Vivek, he goes to me after I, I literally quoted his book and I read the whole chapter. I made sure because he said, did you read the whole chapter to them? So I read literally the whole chapter and I screenshotted it. And I basically was like, oh, no, I know everything about it. The context, what he said, the quotes. So when he goes to me, he goes, did you read the whole chapter? And I go, yeah. And then he was like, oh, shoot, he read the chapter. But he's, it, it's not, long story short, this is why I don't trust Vivek, even though I like him. His There's some satire in the chapter, I guess. But for the most part, he's trying to basically trick the audience into thinking, I didn't say that about Trump in my book because I need Trump's audience now. So like, it's just a sat, it's like a, it's a satire. That's not what I said in my book. But if you read the chapter, the whole chapter is about him comparing Trump to Stacey Abrams. He said, Stacey Abrams didn't accept her defeat. Trump didn't accept his defeat. Trump is no better than Stacey Abrams. He's a sore loser. He's a liar. He's wrong. He's, you know, they proved, they proved it. And Mike Pence is a decent man that I respect, right? That's what his chapter basically said. Has nothing to do with like, oh, it's a joke or it's a metaphor. It's a sim. It's like, sure, there's, there's satire in there, but it's the whole thing is not satire. It's, a little joke to basically say that Trump is just like Stacey Abrams. There's nothing wrong with that, but just admit that. Be like, okay, yeah, I wrote that. But to me, he'll be like, no, that's not what I said. And I'm like, I read it though. That is what you said. And it's like, well, you know, I, uh, you know, I've, I've changed, and and now I don't think that about Mike Pence as much. And you know, on, on the campaign trail, like people have convinced me in the last couple of months that there, there was election irregularities, and it's like. You never thought of that before, though. Like all this COVID stuff that you're saying now, from 2020 to 2023, you never thought of it until you ran as a, at your campaign. And I, that's where I called him out and I said, "Listen, you know, maybe I didn't say in all due respect, but I said you were a pharmaceutical CEO. You were trying to make money. Like you were not serving the American people from a truth-telling journalistic standpoint. You worked for the pharmaceutical industry during the COVID-19 pandemic. So you were trying to cash out like every other pharmacy CEO, which is fine, but let's let's just not lie. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. 
you probably just didn't want to think about it because thinking about it means you lose a lot of money and power. And it's the same thing with this. It's like, maybe you just figured that out three months ago, but I find it like hard to believe that, you know, you just figured stuff out about the election because you ran as a Republican. And if you didn't know certain stuff, why are you running as a Republican? If you didn't know anything until you ran and listened to people, that's why I call Vivek conservative GPT. He's a smart guy. He's a nice guy. Um, I just think he acts like AI. He's like a robot. You know, he, he inputs data and then X puts what everybody inputs. Like what is, you know, what is conservative? What is a like Grok or chat GPT and all that stuff? They're basically just taking all the information from the internet and then they spit out basically everything. They're not creative. They don't have anything that they made themselves. They just have everything. You know, that's how that's how AI works. It's not like alive, but it seems smarter than your friends because it's inputting all of the information in the World Wide Web, all of it. And then it's calculating it and organizing it. And then it spits it out and it can do humor and satire. ChatGPT and Grok, these are like amazing things. I don't even use them, but they're insane. Like ChatGPT or Grok is funnier than 99% of people that I know, even though it's AI, but that's how it works. Takes everything in, calculates it, databases it, compartmentalizes it, and then spits out stuff. That's what Vivek does. And I'm not even being a dick. It's just like he is like AI. You know, it's like he is like, what you know like okay so you ran as a republican politician and wrote a book saying trump lied about election fraud but then on your campaign trail you figured out that that wasn't right why are you running as a republican if you didn't know that he's just chat gpt it's like what does everyone want to hear boop, 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 boop. what is anomaly saying boop, boop, boop. what are they saying boop, boop. what is the israel side saying what does the palestine say what is the right thing what is the first amendment you know i, I want to do this but i believe in the first like it's like it's all it's he is articulate. So is ChatGPT. I'm not. I'm not even being mean. I'm just saying he he operates like AI. Where even when I'm talking to him, when I was saying this certain stuff, like I know because I read the chapter, and I'm not mad at him because I think he is right about some of the things he wrote in the chapter, but they're not convenient to tell the Trump supporters. So it's like, how do you justify what you wrote while still being the different person you are now? Like, there's different ways you can say I learned, I changed. But at first he tried to say, like, he's very crafty. At first he tried to tell Candace Owens and Drano, that's not what I wrote. It's satire. And then he he basically convinced Candace's audience that the whole thing's like a joke and it's all satire. And like, he didn't really say that. With me, you know, he tried to do that. But then I said, no, it's, it's not satire. Like, it's okay. It's just like that chapter was all about how Trump is like Stacey Abrams. He's a sore, sore loser. Don't tell my audience it's satire. So then they think that the whole thing is like, Babylon B level parody. Like it's not, there are satirical elements to the chapter, but the whole chapter is not satirical at all. It's like a straight uh, opinion piece about how Trump is as big of a loser as Stacey Abrams. And he lied about the election stuff and he should get gave up. And you know, Mike Pence did the right job. I'm not mad at that take. I don't even, you know, some of the things he wrote, I think are true. Um, and, and most people don't have the balls to say it, but in general, I'm like, okay, so then once like, he can't tell you that it's satire, like he wants you to think that he never wrote that. And then it's like he calculates once he realizes he can't do that on my channel, he'll say like, I changed my opinion on the campaign trail uh, about certain things. And it's like, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. Um, I don't know. It just feels very like, very calculated. But, you know, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like Grok and, and ChatGPT are like really good tools. Like Vivek could be a really good tool. 
you know, because he is saying all the right things. He's like a computer. It's like he's inputting all the data he's getting. He's going on tour. He's becoming like a super Republican. You know what I'm saying? My question is, is, is he really going to do it? Like I, I, if anybody, I'm not saying he's AI, but if I had to like guess, I would say Elon Musk and Vivek are AI. And that's probably like a compliment to him. If he heard it, he'd be like, oh, that just means I'm smart. He is smart, but it's like, he's just inputting all these data points and then spitting them out. It's just fascinating to me where it's like, are you a master data inputter? Are you also a master doer? You know, a master debater, dare I say? No, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, if he gets in, maybe he'll be as good at doing it as he is of computing it. Maybe he's just a like professional con man where he's just computing it all, saying everything everyone wants to hear. To me, it comes across as kind of fake where it's like during the pandemic, you're, you're playing both sides. Like I, I watched a bunch of interviews on him. And when he was on like some shows, he'd be like, this is a democracy. And then he'd be on Fox News and he'd say, this is a republic. And personally, I don't know that many conservatives that will say both unless they're being satirical. But it's like he just knows like when you're on a Republican show, like it's a, you know, Republic, then it's a democracy. Like he's so all over the place where I, I understand um, why people would do it. I'm not necessarily mad at it, but it comes across to me as someone that's just really good at saying things, which is why I brought up his company when I did his interview, not to be a dick. But it's like one of his biggest moves in the pharmaceutical industry was taking a multiple times failed drug, buying it, then putting together, uh, you know, reports on it going public in the stock market. It like peaks at like one hundred eighty two hundred dollars or something. He gets a bunch of investors on board and then the whole stock crashes and goes to like cents. So it's like in my in my opinion, that's like one of the most catastrophic failures in, in pharmaceutical history from a business perspective of like selling, like breaking records for the biggest public IPO opening and then having that massive IPO crash into the ground. So how do you get something that is that catastrophic of a failure? Well, you need somebody to sell it. Who's going to buy a multiple times failed drug that is going to fail again, that's going to disappoint and, and, and cave? Like, I'm not saying he knew that necessarily, but like, how do you get so many people on board? How do you get an IPO? How do you break a record? You got to be a good salesman. But it's like, you know, if you could sell people on a drug that's not going to work, what else can you do? So I'm not saying he's a bad person or anything, but like this, this is what you're not going to hear on PBD podcast. This is what you're not going to hear when he goes on Tim pool. This is what you're not going to hear when he talks to Tucker Carlson. I'm not trying to brag, but I'm doing better journalism on this topic than all three of them. Cause everybody's just kind of hanging out and asking him a few basic stuff, but that's kind of a huge part of the equation. It's just true. It's like, you know, like this guy came from the pharmaceutical industry. These are the art articles he was writing during it. You know, he's got ties to Pfizer. He's against China now, but he used to do conferences in China. I'm not saying that you can't flip. Like, I'm not saying that you can't change. I'm not saying it's necessarily to be in China doing bad. It's just worth noting that if you're able to sell a drug that collapsed that hard, like what else are you able to sell? And it's like, are you? really, really smart and really, really good? Or are you just like a professional con artist? You know what I'm saying? Because like, I've been con before one time at an apartment complex. And the way he got away with it is he just made it seem like he wasn't a con artist. That's what makes a good one. It's not like a crackhead sitting there. It's like, um, you know, it's like, oh, that seems like a normal guy. He's telling me the truth. And then it and then it wasn't. So it's like, I'm not saying he is, but He's super likable. He says all the right things. But to me, it's like it's like data inputting. He's inputting all the data. Here's the right thing. Here's what everyone wants to hear. Here's the right thing to say. Here's the truthful thing. Here's what's going to do it. Here's how I do it. 
I hope he's just as good at doing this as he is, at, you know, at, at executing. And if he is, he'll be one of the best Republicans in modern history. I hope he gets a cabinet position. I hope he gets in Trump's cabinet or whoever's cabinet. If Trump even wins, he'll probably lose to Biden, tell everybody it was stolen again, and then lead people to the Capitol or something. But in general, if Trump wins, I hope he gets in and, and gets to prove himself. But um, personally, I'm just, I'm fascinated by the whole dynamic. And that was the whole point of um, my interview was like, I'm just not as easy, easy to trick as all these people. Um, the one part where he said to me, you know, I asked him about like why I knew all this stuff about the pharmaceutical industry with my laptop, but he didn't know it. He tried to flatter me. And like people don't realize when you're when you're debating or when you're trying to like speak, he's high, high IQ, high, 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 high level. That's why most people don't get it. But with me, it's like he went right with the flattery. Flattery works on Trump. Flattery works on most people. They say, you know, well, Anomaly, you're just so much smarter than me. Like Anomaly, you knew before me, just like I knew about other topics. Like you were right on that, but I was wrong. That's called flattery. That's him saying, I'm going to give you credit for being better than me on this topic while keeping my integrity. And when I flatter you, I hope that you stop talking about it because 99% of, of journalists would be like, oh, okay, you gave me credit but I just don't believe it. That's why I pushed back not to be a, a dick. And I said to him, and that's one of my viral clips. I said, you know, and all due respect, you were a pharmaceutical CEO in 2020, 2021 and 2022. You could tell my audience and you could tell people, I just didn't know. So you're telling me like, I'm a super genius with a laptop that could crack all these codes with a calculator on an iMac, but you couldn't figure out all this stuff. It was right in front of my face. The reason I did it is because I was working for the American people I was a journalist and I was an American citizen that prioritized the truth over profits or company. And what you were was a pharmaceutical CEO. So you could find reports in 2020 where Vivek's trying to come up with some pharmaceutical drug to make a fortune because the government's doling out money. So it's like, he'll try to flatter me to convince you guys with niceness and kindness that I knew because he just didn't know at the time. But the truth is he didn't like, it, it's not that hard to figure out. It's like saying Trump doesn't know he's just still tricked. He just doesn't care. And with Vivek, he's an incredibly smart guy. It's just, if I was a pharmaceutical CEO in 2020 and my top priority was making money, then I wouldn't have figured it out either because I wouldn't have been working for you and for the country and for humanity. I would have been working for my own profits. And that's what Vivek was doing until he ran for office. And I just find it just very interesting how it's like, I didn't know about the election stuff until I was on the campaign trail. That's fascinating because if you're running for president in the Republican Party and, and you didn't know that much about election fraud or election stuff, that just seems like an insane thing that no one would ever like, you know, even like Mitt Romney has an opinion, but it's not like, oh, I never thought about that. You didn't. Then why are you running in the party? Like everyone's thought about that. You don't have to agree with me, but like to not have a stance or not have thought about it as thoroughly, um, you know, then why run? Why run in a party uh, where like one of the biggest topics is something that you wrote something in your book saying you didn't believe in it. And as soon as you ran literally eight months later, then now you believe in it because people told you on the trail could be, I, it's just, it's fascinating to me where it was like, I, I, you know, I wanted to do the interview that no one did because everyone just softballs, you know, each other. Like that's like the whole, you know, sphere. And that's why I try to throw my weight around a little bit because it's like, I don't need attention. I don't need money. I don't need praise, but if nobody's going to do their job, I'll do it. I'll do the job. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? And if everybody's going to try to gatekeep me out 
you're not going to gatekeep me out. Tim Pool's not cooler than me. These people, like, I'll show up at sporting events. I'll show up at conferences. I'll be there. You know what I'm saying? I'll be VIP. I'll be front row. I'll be with athletes. I'll be with entertainers. Like, you're not going to blackball me and blacklist me out of this little cult everybody's creating so you guys could just circle jerk each other for money and never do journalistic interviews. It's not going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not I'm not rolling over and accepting it. So, and, and the reason I really want to do it is like, you know, the same... The Vivek interview, it's like, dude, I, I was so pumped off that because it's like if you guys can't ask him any legitimate, decent questions and have good uh, dialogue, I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I I, can't listen to another interview where no one asks these questions. Now, if I had him back on, um, you know, I'd probably have a nicer interview. I already asked all the questions about the pharmaceutical industry I wanted to. So we'd probably have a way nicer, more cordial discussion. Um, that one, I was rushed, though. Someone said, why did the Vivek rush the interview or cut it short? All right. So I'm going to be fair and be honest. Uh, he didn't have to be on my show at all. Okay. He could have not gone for it. So the fact that he even went on, that's fine. I, he didn't have to be there. He was, they were putzing around for a while. I, I came 10 minutes early. They were putzing around until five minutes after. So immediately when we started it, it was already five minutes cut short, right? I asked them one question. So it was supposed to be a 30 minute interview. It got cut to 25. Uh, cause they, they weren't ready. Okay. Whatever. By the time he answered the first, I asked him a question and he talked in a circle for 10 minutes. I'm not saying he purposely did this, but I think he knew, and I'm not, I don't want to give him too much credit, but it's like, I told them I had a lot of questions. I told them I didn't, I didn't trust him. So I think he talked in a circle for 10 minutes knowing, well, this guy's only got five minutes left. So that's why I started rapid firing because it's like, I ask him one question by the time one question's done, I got five minutes left. And and they said, I got a hard cut. I got a hard cut at, at, at there. He's got to leave. So it's like, all right, you said nothing for 20 minutes and now I got 10 minutes. So I basically kind of used my leverage where I started asking questions and I saw the clock, but it's like, listen, I'm not saying you should go. Uh, I want to ask these questions. So you could say you need to leave, but I feel like he knew it was going to look bad. And his team, like they were texting me. I wasn't checking my phone, but afterwards they were like, he's got to go. He's got to go. And he never went because, you know, he didn't want to look stupid. It was like he would have looked really dumb if he just left in the middle of these questions and ran away. So I kind of just used my leverage a little bit where it's like, I'm not going to I'm not going to say, hey, let's let's not get through my questions and leave. If you want to say, hey, I can't say, you know, then it's going to be on you. And he didn't want to do that because he knew it looked bad. So that was kind of like the push and pull between us where it's like I'm I'm going for these questions. Um and, and a lot of people were like, I mean, most people liked it. And they said it was like the best interview they'd ever seen. But some people were like, you were mean, you were harsh. And it's like, dude, the first question I asked, he talked in a circle for five minutes and didn't even answer the question. So I was purposely being rude and blunt because I'm like, dude, answer the, like, you're not just going to talk in circles for 20 minutes and dip out. Like, that's not going to happen on my watch. I'm, I'm going to be, I'd rather be rude and get to the point of it than to like be nice and just have a conversation about nothing. That's what everyone else has. Everyone else has these conversations about nothing or, you know, they all have the same. Cool. You know, he's an interesting guy, but I'm I, I came for a purpose and I, I made sure I got it done. Someone said, do I think PBD is a shill? I like Patrick. I've met Patrick. Um you know, I don't want to say too much, but they, um, they, they, they floated the idea of working with me and hiring me. And, uh, you know, 
I'm on good terms with them. With that being said, I want to be on the podcast. If they can hire, if they can offer me a job or try to offer me a job, they can have me on the podcast. And if they don't have me on the podcast, it's going to piss me off because, you know, I'm, I'm not a joke. Okay. I'm not a joke. I'm not like you could talk to Charlie. You could talk to Tim. You could talk to me. Okay. If you could hire me, you could have a conversation with me and I want to have it not because I need attention or I need space. I don't agree with the average conversation that Charlie and Tim and everybody's having. I think it's very stale. I think it's very kind of like half truthy. And, you know, I'm not impressed with the average mainstream conservative conversation. I like Patrick. I think he's a good businessman. I think he's a great guy. We have a good friendship, but I want to be on the podcast and I would feel extremely slighted if they offered me a job almost, but then they won't even allow me to speak on the podcast. How, how could you hire me, but not even invite me on the podcast? That would seem really slighted and backwards. And I would, I would not like that. So, you know, in general, it is what it is. We're on great terms. I think they do some good work. But it's not Patrick and it's nothing personal. It's just a lot of the people Patrick talks to and he's kind of like tapped into a lot of these conservative people like Crowder and, you know, and, and it's fine. It's just like I'm th this, you know, as an American, as a conservative, as a news analyst, as a patriot, I'm just uh, there's a lot of things that are not being said. And there's a lot of conversations that are getting super stale, in my view, just on other people's podcasts. And it's like, you know, I want to have those conversations. I want to I want to inject these thoughts and I want to be, debate. De Patrick is a super smart guy. Um, you know, he's had on Ron DeSantis. He's had on a lot of people. I would love to be on and I would love for people to disagree. I want to say my piece about what's going on and I would love to see what he says or what anyone says because what I found is, um, you know, I don't find many people that really disagree when I say that stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty spot on. But, you know, Pat... Pat has been cool to me. It's just, I, you know, I would feel super slighted if they did not invite me on the podcast because they almost offered me a job. And I, you know, how could you, how could you, how could you want to hire somebody, but not respect them enough to have them on the podcast? That would really bother me. Not, I'm just being transparent. Um, you know, and we'll see. How could I support Dana then? I like Dana White. I just, I, I like him for who he is. He's a sports CEO. He's a very good one. He's done a lot of interesting stuff. It's just, if I disagree with something he said, I, I could say it. I wouldn't be the first one. He, he, he runs a fighting league where his own fighters disagree with him sometimes. So it's nothing uh, out of, out of the ordinary for him. Won't I feel controlled? Would, he, would I feel controlled? What? If I sign, if I signed a deal with the news corporation, are you talking about? Um, there's two sides of the thing because like in general, I do everything myself and I feel like I'm in the last year, I feel like I underachieved a little bit because I just don't do as much professional setup stuff as I really could. So if I could get someone to do my thumbnails, if I could do someone, a lot of things I don't even do because I'm the one, like I'm live now. If I wanted to put a thumbnail up, I would have to put it up. I would have to do this. So it's like, if I could work with a team, that did thumbnails that did my lighting that did my editing but listen to me and we worked as a team i would love that and also if i can make some stable money you know the the more money that i have secured the less i really have to do in the future uh for for multitude of reasons so that would be ideal there's pros and cons to everything but the security and the team would be very ideal um having a boss or having 
you know, people over you is a different struggle. There's pros and cons, but right now, Facebook, YouTube, they already kind of play that role in some ways, uh, you know, unless you make your own. Someone said underachieved. I disagree. Well, I'm a competitive person. So, you know, I think I've done a lot of cool stuff, but it's like, I, you know, I'm very hard on myself. I mean, I, I was on Roseanne's podcast. I, I met a lot of people that I wanted to meet. I've done a lot, but, you know, I think I, I have high expectations for myself. But anyway, there's pros and cons to both. Um, it depends. You, you never know until you do it. But I would like to sign like a one or two year deal with somebody. That's what I was kind of I was hoping for to make it short term. But I wanted certain things in my favor. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of like went back and forth and we just couldn't figure it out. We're on good terms. Um, I haven't seen them really hire anybody as far as like media personalities. So maybe they just wanted to stick with their team. We're on good terms. It, it was nothing personal. It was nothing like, you know, he, he wasn't personal to me. He's we've been on good terms. I just want to go on the podcast and just talk. It's like we don't have to work together. We don't. But like the conversation I want to have. It, it, it it's like the Vivek interview. Like I didn't look at the Vivek interview like, oh my gosh, this is going to put me on the map. I looked at it like, yes, I get to ask the questions nobody was asking. I get to have the the, the debate that nobody had. I get to, to fill in the gaps that I don't see. That's how I feel like speaking on Patrick Bet David's podcast. Like, you know, he's done a lot of great work. He's had a lot of cool guests. He's done a lot of interesting stuff. He's had an amazing year as a business. I like all his co-hosts. They've all been cool to me or the ones that I have met. But you know, it's not necessarily my problem with Patrick because he's been nothing but nice to me. But um, I would say just the guests he has on, like when he talks to Charlie Kirk or Steven Crowder or, or, or Tim Poole or some of these other people, like I just feel like there's so much missing there that I could add, and, you know, and it's like I would like to be that person to have certain conversations and have certain debates because this is just my interpretation with Crowder and Tim Poole and stuff they've gotten so basic with their analysis, like their Trump analysis. It's, it's like all like low level stuff. It's like, Oh, the rest. And you know, like, they're not saying like Tim, Tim's a phony to me, but in general, he's like, Oh, you know, uh, the AI image that DeSantis posted, that's why I can't vote for DeSantis and his boots. And you know, it's like, can we have some real conversations about certain stuff? And I know they are, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like that Vivek moment where I saw him interview four people and nobody asked him any good questions. And when they tried to, he kind of like slithered out of it and they didn't know what to say. And I'm like, I could do that. You know what I'm saying? And I was right. I did exactly what I thought I could do. I, I executed to the, I, I was, you know, I'm hard on myself, but when that ended, I was like, that was, I did everything I could in, in that time frame. Um, but in general, it's like, that's how I see like the podcast sphere right now. It's like, you know, everybody's crushing it. They're doing their thing, but the conversation is like, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, I would do well there. I would do well. We'd have a good conversation. We would, we would challenge the echo chamber that's kind of building on the right. And it would be a beautiful thing. Um, so we'll see. Someone said, I don't get the whole beanie thing. He's bald. I mean, it's not a huge secret. He's, he's bald and you know, he thinks he looks better with a beanie or he does look better with a beanie. So he wears a beanie every day. So people don't know he's bald or so he could feel like a, a big, a big boy or something. I don't know. It's kind of odd. Cause he's like a South park character, you know, it's like, but 
at the same time, it, it is kind of like iconic. He's kind of turned himself into like an interesting brand. Like you, you think Beanie, you think Tim Pool. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. Everybody has their like fashion style. Some people wear suits. Some people, you know, wear the same shirt every day. Like Steve from Blues Clues, um, Cartman, you know, dress the same every day. And Tim Pool wears a beanie. Um, it's just, it's pro it's probably good business. Someone's, yeah. Maybe if, like, maybe if he took it off, people wouldn't like him as much or something. I'm not really sure. Someone said, Anomaly has the best beanies by God is Great Beanie. It's a God Bless Beanie, but you're right. God is Great Sweatshirts, God Bless Beanie. I brought him a God Bless Beanie. I was going to give it to him on the show. Um, you know, I had it in my backpack when my flight got delayed by an hour and they mysteriously locked me out and lied about paying for my hotel. But, um, yeah, I was going to be fun. I wasn't going to be rude about it. I was just going to be like, I know you like beanies. I got you a beanie. I wasn't going to like say anything mean like you're bald. Here's a beanie, baldy, you know, uh, is he bald? You've never, yeah, you can find a picture of Tim pool without his hat. He looks like he's 80 years old. Like I get why he wears a beanie. Like someone took it off one time, which is mean, but he looks like, it doesn't even look like the same person. So that's why you gotta be like, you gotta be understanding. Like when Tim is a dick, you know, and he's condescending to people, you have to understand it's an internal struggle. When he talks about the civil war, the civil war is in, is in him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's had, he's, he's at war. So, so he's like projecting it onto the country. Like we're going to, there is no civil. I mean, people obviously don't like each other. It's getting rough, but in general, you know, there's real internal conflicts going on because it's like, yeah, he's got to, like, he's got to wear a hat every day or else everybody sees what he looks like and it like freaks him out um i i get it i did that in my 20 I'm, I'm not even lying like when i was 19 20 21 i had like a bowl haircut and it just got cut weird and i just i like didn't know who i was you know like it was it was tough because i was like you know oh, my hair looks stupid but i don't want to cut it short i like it long but i like the way my hair looked in a hat like i felt like i looked stupid unless i wore a hat so I always wore hats. Like I went through that phase myself. Um, I always wore hats every day. And it was like, you know, it was, it was like traumatic because I was like, I don't want people to see me without my hair, but I don't want to get it cut. I, I only think it looks good when my hair comes out the side of my, you know, my hat. But that was when I was like 20, 21, 22, 23. Like Tim, Tim's like in his thirties. Like at a certain point, you know, like you got to take the hat off or you got to like switch hats or something, you know, like, wear a top hat maybe like i could see tim wearing a top hat or like a baseball hat you know i don't know i just think it's kind of like the same hat every day for four years it's kind of crazy but and i'm only saying this to be slightly rude even though everything i'm saying is true is because i feel like tim is a prick um but it's okay someone said now you gotta buy anomaly beanie off principle damn three hours this was a mega stream um i want to let you guys know that I don't do long streams like this anymore because it's not really smart. I don't think like uh, business wise or just in general, it's like, oh, three hour stream. Who the hell wants to watch that? It's like, I don't know some people, but um, yeah, I'm going to do a lot more short videos. I'm editing a short video today. I was thinking about making this one a short video, but I was bored and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to talk about a few different topics. Let me know what you guys think. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, going into the new year, definitely going to try some different things. I was thinking about switching my setup too. Like I'm so far away from the wall. People don't even realize, but like that, that's so far away. That's why it looks so small. I think I might put my computer up to it. Like I, I got to figure it out. One thing, like when people say, 
oh, would it be bad to work for a company? Kind of, but then you also have people there that like, oh, you're good with design. Why don't you do that? Or like, you're good at this. Why don't you do the thumbnails? Like I'm self-aware. I'm not good at thumbnails. I'm not great. I'm not good at design. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm like, I got good aesthetics. I dress nice. It's just like, I, I'm not like that. What is that called? Interior design? I'm not good at that. So if I could be on a team where everybody kind of tapped into their skills, hey, I'm good at this. Why don't I do this? You do it. We're not going to change you. We're just going to help you. I would love being on a big team. Um, but if not, you're just going to have to deal with this uh, piss poor setup. And, you know, maybe every now and then every year I try to like do something better. Like I bought a new laptop. I'm probably going to buy a new computer soon and buy a, a camera. I'm going to spend a lot of money to try to make it like high, high quality. Get my friend who's good with cameras, to, like show me what the hell I'm doing. Um, am I sponsored by First Form? I am not. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them. This is not a paid ad. But go to firstform.com. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Andy Frisella, I like him a lot. I consider him a friend. He had me on the podcast. Uh, he gave me a bunch of shirts when I was there, and I just wear them because they're comfortable. So now it's not a paid ad. It's just I've been on Andy Frisella from First Form's podcast. I'll be on there again sometime. And uh, I like that guy. He's he like he he he's very complimentary to me. He says I'm one of his favorite guests. He might tell everybody that, but no, I'm just kidding. He's awesome. So I, I wear these just. That's like you give me a couple of nice sweatshirts and I or, or shirts. I just wear them all the time. It's, it's smooth. It feels good, but not. I would love to be sponsored. When I was there, I was trying to get his attention. I'm like, you know, because they sponsor athletes and stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm pretty good at basketball. I was doing trick shots and shooting threes and stuff. I was like, Andy, I, I was performing like a circus monkey for him. I'm like, look at bro. You know, I was, I was like trying to catch a sponsor. And Andy was like, <laughs> he was like, that's funny, Anomaly. I'm like, seriously though i'm not kidding sponsor you know like i was doing basketball tricks i think i hit like six threes in a row and was doing like uh trick shots or something throwing it off the wall hitting threes you know putting it between my legs and stuff like i was i was like i was like dude i was like dancing for him i'm like yo get hit, hit me up with a sponsor but maybe maybe one day i don't know if, if it would make sense but i i'm looking forward to going in this podcast again he's really him and dj um, you know, it's called the real AF podcast. They're good people, man. He's, uh, he's one of the businessmen that I feel like is super, super real. He's just like super cool. His business was fun. Like everybody seemed like they were having a good time and he's just like a standout guy. Like everything I, I told this story before, then I really got to go. Like the Tim pool failed, uh, booking happened like four days before I was going to go to, um, Andy Frisella's first form podcast. And it's like night and day, like, you know, like Andy, Andy is, I would say bigger than him in a lot of ways. Like he runs a bigger company and stuff, but in general, like Tim is such a piece of garbage. Like the way his team was talking to me was insane. The way they treated me was insane. The way they lied about paying for the hotel was insane. Like Tim is like a top tier scumbag. And he only apologized when Adam outed him as ex co-host. And then he was like saving face. Like I, as a businessman, I think Tim is good as a person. I've, Guys, I've I've done multiple shows. Like I've done a lot of stuff in my life for for multiple reasons. The way Tim's team talked to me and treated me was one of the lowest things I've ever. Like Tim, to me, like I, if I looked at like puke in a garbage and Tim pool next to it, like I look at Tim the same way. Like when I see him, I make fun of his beanie and his head because I think he's a disgusting person. Like the way they talked to me, they treated me, they lied to me, they did all this weird stuff. It was like disgusting. Like Tim is like a he's literally like a garbage bag full of puke. Like he's a disgusting, despicable person, and he runs his business like like a like a like a horrible demon. But anyway, 
after that, I went to uh, first form and this was like coincidental. Uh, I, I didn't even know anything. I knew who Andy was. He invited me on. I knew he had a big podcast and I went there and the difference is, is astonishing. Like how nice they are at first form. Incredible. They bought, and I'm not saying you have to do all this stuff, but like they bought me stuff. They took me on a tour. They bought me like little presents based off of stuff on my Instagram to say that they cared about me. They gave me a locker. Um, Andy was running like he was running late and he goes like, yo, Anomaly, I'm so sorry. I'll fly you home. I'll bring you back on a jet sometime. And I go, Andy, like, uh, can we do it tomorrow? He goes, can you stay the night? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I can stay till tomorrow. He goes, oh, dude, I'll buy you. He bought me a, a hotel to, at the Ritz Carlton. He goes, oh, I'll buy you the hotel. We'll do it tomorrow. But he was ready to say, like, just fly back on a jet or whatever. Like, and I was like, can I just do it tomorrow? With Tim, I tried to stay for a couple of days. I go, bro, I can do it the next day or the next, like, whenever, bro, I'll be a co-host. I'll talk for five minutes. They just shut the door on me so fast. Like, they sabotaged it. They lied about paying for my hotel. I got stuck there. They were treating like me like I was such a piece of garbage. Like the dynamic, it's like if I could if I could give like a Yelp review, Tim Pool's business was like a zero out of five. And I always want to say this too because it's true. Like I know so many people that go on Tim's show. I want to like I'm not saying everybody, but literally almost everybody. They all hate Tim. Like it's like Tim is so popular and so rich and so successful. But every time I talk to people, I'm like, how was Tim's place? He's just a dickhead. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not cool. He's not a nice guy. He's just a scumbag. So it's like everybody goes to Tim to be like, oh, I want to go on his show. But like everybody has like weird experiences. They're like, he's not very friendly. He's a dick. You know, he doesn't like look at you in the eyes until the show starts. Then he like kicks you out. Like it's all just so weird where it's like, you know, if I could give a Yelp review, it's like Tim's like a zero out of five. And Andy was like a 10 out of 10. His company was awesome. He had like hundreds of employees running around. They were all happy. You know, he has a whole basketball court in his thing. You know, he was so accommodating. He was so nice. He was so respectful to me. He was like, I respect you more than most people. You're one of the best at what you do. I think you're the best at it. Like, he was just so nice. And Tim, Tim, it's just like, fuck you. You know, I don't care if you rot in this field. Like, the, yeah, I don't think like, he didn't even text me. Didn't even answer me. Like, he's just like the lowest of the low. And it's one of those things where it's like, he's not that popular. He's not that busy. You know, even Patrick Bad David, that guy is busy. Like, he does like a bunch of businesses at once, you know? He took the time. Patrick took time to eat dinner, to eat lunch with me or whatever. We had lunch. We talked. He's busy running around, but he's giving me time. Like he said, come here. Like no one is worse than Tim Pool. He's a, he's a garbage dumpster uh, of a person. But I just found it fascinating that it was like, uh, you know, those experiences were like back to back. It was like, Tim, I've never been treated like even the worst I've been treated by like you know, like phone companies and like, you know, like cable companies, like the worst companies in the world. Like Tim was like, like, that's how evil they were. I was like, dude, he's disgusting. Um, and then to go to first form and it was like, Andy was like 20 out of 10. I was like, dude, you're like the nicest guy, the best business. The dude's wealthy. He's got a bunch of cars. Andy, Andy's like very rich and very successful. Couldn't have been a nicer person. Tim, I've never even talked to him because he didn't even care. It was just like, I don't even care if you rot out here. I don't care if you like, just whatever, go away. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get your hotel. And then they didn't get the hotel. So it's like, those just happened to me back to back. And it was like the duality of like how good of people they are in businesses. It's like just one guy that just top tier, nice, respectful, amazing, accommodating. Everyone's happy. And then another place where everyone's like, nah, he's kind of weird. He's kind of not nice, but like, you know, it's a good opportunity. I'll go there. And it's like, all right, well, that's a little odd. And then just like the, I don't know, 
if I ever flew somebody out and it went awry a little bit, I would make sure that I like let them know like, yo, my bad, you know, I'll, we'll make it right. Or, you know, I'm totally sorry. I'll give you an example. I have, I have somebody on my show tomorrow. He's going to come on. His name is Andrew. Um, he used to work for rebel news, but he asked me to go on his podcast at one time, right? I fell asleep or I was out and I forgot about it. I think I was at, at the beach or something. I came back. I just totally blanked and forgot I was on his show. It's not that big of a deal, but I feel bad. I don't miss people's show. And I, I, I called him yesterday and I let him know. I was like, Andrew, I just want to let you know, you're one of the people I like the most in media. Like he's always been really nice to me. He seems like a trustworthy guy. I was like, I'm so sorry for missing that booking. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I want you on my show and I'll go on your show next week. So he's going to come on my show tomorrow. But that was me just like reaching out to him and being like, I, I know I missed your show and I missed the canceling, but I feel horrible because I'm not that type of person. And I want you to know that like, because if I miss his show, it's like, he's not, you know, he might not have like the biggest social media or anything, but it's like, I don't look at him that way. And that's not why I missed it. I wasn't like, oh, it's not going to get that many views. I just literally made a mistake. So it's like, you reach out and let people know, I respect you. I appreciate you. My bad. With Tim, it's like, he didn't reach out. He didn't answer my message. His staff was treating me like I was a piece of garbage. He lied about it. He, you know, he, he didn't cover the cost that he said he was going to cover his business, in my opinion, scammed me. And then it's like, you know, he mentioned it on a podcast three months later because he was getting outed for something else. And he's like, Anomaly, I'm so sorry. I guess we messed up the booking or whatever, but you can come back on. Like, it was so disingenuous. Or I'm like, he's just, he's just a gross person. And at that point, I almost went back on the show. But then I told myself, I was like, you know what? I don't like this guy. I would love to talk to him, but he's already fucked me over. He's left me in the middle of nowhere. They lied about paying for my, my, my extra booking and they wouldn't cover the costs like scumbags. So I was like, do I really want to fly across the country to to go back to that place and put my life in Tim Pool's hands for an hour and have his driver drive me to his place? I was like, you know what? It's not worth any money. It's not worth any fame. Like I don't feel like Tim is a piece of shit. I don't feel comfortable around him. I don't trust him or his team to get the job done. He's already shown me that he runs a scumbag business and he's a piece of garbage. And I don't care what the opportunity is where it's like, you get what I'm saying with me. If I'm operating something and something goes wrong, I'm reaching out to the person. I don't care how busy I am. I'm texting them. I'm calling them. I'm letting them know that that was a mistake. The the reason I don't think it was a mistake is because none of that really happened. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not a it's not a mistake if they're just bad people and they don't even like feel the need to to care about it. Like it was like, oh, you're not even that important. Like oh, you know whatever. This was a throwaway anyway. Like we're throwing you away. And it's like gross you know what i'm saying like i just I like i don't even want to be around those people like um you know so that it, it was just interesting back to back those two experiences i was like that was amazing that was terrible so you know andrew's going to be on my show tomorrow and uh he used to work for rebel news he's cool we're going to talk about some topics of the day um super nice guy someone said you're bigger than tim pool now it's hard to really measure because like on certain platforms i am on certain ones i'm not but a lot of this stuff too is like perception and like, you know, like Tim's in with Charlie Kirk. So they let him speak at turning point. Like if they bring Tim pool out on a, on a stage at, at turning point and they're like Tim pool, like people will like Tim pool, but I guarantee you that people like, it's not like nobody knows who I am at turning point, probably just as many people know me as Tim. But the thing is like, he's cool with them. He gets to be on the podcast. Like he's like grandfathered into like the Steven Crowder, you know what I'm saying? Steven Crowder, like turning point. So it's like a perception thing where for years they always try to pretend like I don't exist. Like, oh, you're not a big deal. It's like, Tim, you know, I'm not trying to compete or anything because you're doing well with your podcast. But like, 
you know, they, I feel like they purposely try to slight me and act like I don't exist because they like to surround themselves by other people that like, aren't that impressive or interesting. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, like, don't, yeah, like, oh, we're doing, it's like, whatever, you could have those stuff, but I'm not giving up folks. And when it comes to these podcasts, I'm going to insert myself into them because I'm just, I don't like everything I'm hearing. And I, uh, you know, it just irks me where I'm like, yo, how many, how many, like the, the average conversation they're having about Trump and DeSantis, it's like snooze, whatever. I should confront Alex Jones on Trump. I almost went to Infowars when I went to Austin. I, I think I could go sometime. I would, I would love to respectfully. I'll be like, Alex, you know, have a conversation debate. Alex Jones is a really nice guy from what I've heard. He would be fine with it. He would be open to it. He seems like a very thoughtful guy, Alex Jones. Like I, uh, I would much rather hang out with Alex Jones than Tim Pool. Like Alex, you might disagree on some things, but he's like your crazy uncle that just drinks too much. You know, I, I, I feel like he would be very accommodating and friendly. Alex, he, he's a, he's a nice guy. Appreciate you guys. God bless you. Um, that was a mega stream. That's the last one of the year. Three hour super stream. For those who like it, it's back. For those who don't like it, don't worry. It's gonna be a long time until I do that again. Uh, I enjoyed myself. Hopefully you did. Have a beautiful day. And I have a 10 minute video coming out tomorrow for those who want it short. I get it. Uh, have a good one. Hey, what's going on my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com, check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States, handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me, support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week. It's annoying. So I don't do it. Stayintouchwithme.com. It helps me take back some power away from big tech. Telegram t.me slash dreamrarechat or at dreamrarechat. Due to censorship, I post all my live stream and videos there. Sometimes I have some bonus content and I try to give people a heads up when Facebook or YouTube won't. Dreamrarechat at Telegram. My Instagram is at dreamrare. Thanks for everybody following there for shorter content. And dreamrarelinks.com. That's dreamrarelinks.com. Has all my stuff. My podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my music on Spotify and Apple, my Rumble page, my BitChute and Gab page. All my links are found at dreamrarelinks.com. Thanks for watching, folks. God bless you. You already know I'll be back with more content soon. Appreciate you.